Annalise Buckley. <laughs> I'm Sean Sharma. And we have our first amazing guest, Angelica Washington. Hi! Welcome. Oh my gosh, this is so cool. Now we're like really doing it. <laughs> we're doing it. We're doing the thing. Um, yeah, so we are so excited to talk to Angelica because we want to talk to actors and artists that are like on the cusp of something big and kind of making their big break. And Angelica has been at this and hustling for years. And the things she has coming out in this next year, she is going to be like a household name in no time. <laughs> she is in Netflix's Tall Girl playing the best friend for Rita. She is going to be one of the stars of the new DC show, Star Girl. She has a new film that Amy Poehler is directing, Moxie, that will come out next year, right? On uh-huh. Netflix. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And like a dozen other credits to her name. CBS's Young Sheldon, uh, Shameless on Showtime. So And my personal favorite, We're Not Friends. Mm, yes! <laughs> With Ashley B. <laughs> yes, Ashley Love. for Nansen's show, and it was hilarious. Um, yeah, so we're just really excited to like talk about your journey, how you got here, and what's well, and I got to butt in for a second because when when Lauren brought up your name, I was like, that's right, because we met like, I don't know, how long ago was that? Eight yeah. years ago? Something like that? No, it was like five. Was it? But still. The commercial class ago. or whatever? The commercial class. This was only five years ago? Yeah. Man. We're just time to fly. <laughs> it's okay. But still, but that's just so cool. It's, it's so fun to see the careers of people that we've met just kind of blossom and change and evolve and all right. that. So that's so cool. Right. Yeah. I was thinking about that on the way here. I was like, oh my gosh, I took Sean's commercial class. Like what? Like it was like a year before I took the acting program that I met you in. Yes. So I just remember at that time. I mean, obviously, I had like legitimately zero credits. I had like only been on set for background work and things like that, mm-hmm. um, which was actually great because I became union doing background. I know a lot of people look down on that, but like it is what it is. No, that's fantastic. Disney Channel experience. gave me money. Okay, <laughs> yes. so that's all that matters. Um, and was able to join the union, so that was really great. But um, I remember at that time I was taking that class. I was just like (laughs) looking for help everywhere, (laughs) like anywhere I could find it, you know. So Mm -hmm. I was just taking as many classes as I could afford is Mm -hmm. what I was doing. And like workshops, because that was really big at the time, um, taking lots of workshops with casting directors and things Mm -hmm. like that. Um, And then that's where that class was. Was it exactly it was at Act Now? Right. Exactly. And so at the time, I think I had bought this like package that I had been like saving up for. And I think it was like a thousand dollars or something like that. And I just was able to just like mix and match different workshops and classes and things like that. Um, which I did. And I'm really happy I did that. I mean, I think about it now and I'm like, people are like, did you ever book like shows from like all the workshops you took? I'm like, no, I didn't, but I gained lots of confidence being in front of casting directors. Is that true? So none of the workshops you did, you didn't get called in off of no, any of those? Really? None of them. Oh, I, no, yeah. I got called in. I just didn't book anything. Oh, sure. Okay. But yeah, at so, least you yeah, had yeah. relationships. Right, yeah. exactly. Okay. So no, I definitely, thankfully, I can say I was definitely called in for Because like, I consider those to shows. be useful if you at least get called in, because now you've built a relationship Absolutely. with the office. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Right, exactly. And so then sometimes you just... Not the right fit, but like they remember you and they know you and then you still see them later. And I'm a big I mean, a big believer that like which is something we learned in our acting program we did. But like it's like a marathon, not a sprint. So sometimes it's not about that one audition. It's the longevity that matters to me, because maybe right now I'm on a series. I'm doing all these things. But maybe when I'm like 30, I might 
need my series might eventually end. And then that casting director I met now that it would be eight, 10 years ago. Right. Then it's like, Oh, now maybe I'm auditioning for a series regular for a show that they're doing. And mm-hmm. they remember me from that time. And you know what I mean? They've grown with me and seen me over the time. So you just never know. So I'm always like, well, it's not about this one audition. You know, it's about like going in and being great every time. And so every time they see me, it's like, okay, she's great. That's right. I remember her. She's great. You know? So that's what my, yeah. So that brings up an interesting question, which is, like, you know, there's a there's a threshold beyond which some people feel like they're spending way more money on their career than they're making. Right. And right. one of the easiest places to feel like you're just spending money that you shouldn't need to spend is on those types of casting mm-hmm. director classes or workshops. Yeah. And that's why there's a lot of sensitivity around it. Like they should be free. We shouldn't have to pay and all that. And casting people like, hey, I have expertise to offer. My time's valuable and right. whatever. And so, the you know, I personally don't regret a single penny that I've spent on any of those types of opportunities. So, what, what, yeah, good. Just yeah, to I don't regret yeah. any any of it. Um, no, I don't regret any of it. And I know a lot of my friends are, like, really big on, like, no, we should not pay to play and da-da-da and, like, that whole thing. And I understand where they're coming from. But in the same, it's the same thing where, like, some actors who are also those same friends get to the point where they're like, I don't do free work. And I'm like, okay, well, you don't do free work. Why should they do free work? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Totally. They're giving their time and they're teaching us things that like, you don't teach actors for free. Like if they're like, oh, I'm going to do coaching. Are you doing it for free? Like, mm-hmm. no, you're not doing that for free. Mm-hmm. You're not coaching kids for free. You're charging them. So it's it's, it's the same thing when you really think about it, you mm-hmm. know? Um, but I don't regret any of it, like at all. And I still like have seen some of those casting directors like, recently actually and they're like oh my gosh it's so good to see you and like just how much I've grown and how much I've done because literally at the time I had didn't have a single credit like I had never been on set saying a line you know so it's a lot has changed well and that makes sense that it also helped so much with confidence and just getting comfortable in front of casting directors if that was kind of like the first time you were getting to be in front of them right I used to have like a really big um in like I would feel inferior mm-hmm. to them, like as if casting directors were so superior over me. And like, instead of looking at it as like, it's like this collaboration thing. And like, they give me like direction and then I take it and then I try things and it's fun. And it's like this experience. I used to think of it as like, I'm going in and like, I'm inferior to them and, and I'm less than, you know, yeah. instead of looking at it as like, we're all working to make this project great. And like, they want to find the best person for the role so they can bring that best person to their producers or the showrunner and be like, you have to see this person. You know what I mean? And I want to be that person. So it's just collaborating with them and like really like a well-oiled machine versus like going in. And like, I used to go in and audition, like be really timid and I wouldn't really say anything. And I'm a talker. Like, why would I do that? (laughs) Why would I not go in and be like, hey, how are you? It's great. Like, I'm excited to do this. I have questions. You got to answer. Let's figure this out, you know? Um, so now I don't do that shit. But that definitely came from workshops. Like what just, caused that shift? Like, how did you make that mental shift from being they have all the power to yeah. no, we're both artists creating this? Um, I think when I went when I, at the time when I was just getting started and going into workshops, I um had that thought that they were so superior, but then I just learned that they're so damn human. Like yeah. they sit and talk with you for hours. My favorite workshops at the time that I did were like the three, four week workshops. 
So not like the one day, because in one day they don't really get to know you, you don't get to know them, and they only can see you do one thing. But like in four weeks, they get to see you do four different characters, four different things. And at that point, you talk a little bit and you come early and you stay a little late and you chat and you know what I mean? Um, and be just seeing how human they are and like how also the moment when I learned like when they're done with the job, they're going to look for another job in the same way that actors are. Totally. That blew my mind. I thought like if you worked for a show on ABC, like you work for ABC. Like I just didn't understand. Mm-hmm. Um, and then once I really learned that, I was like, oh shit. So we're all hustling. It's all the same. Like we're all in this together at the end of the day, you know? Um, and also going in, I think auditioning in general, right before I booked um, the legend of master legend, which was my first series regular, that pilot, that whole summer, I was auditioning my ass off at USC UCLA, LMU, like doing all the student film auditions that I was just self-submitting on Actors Mm -hmm. Access and LA casting um, because I had had I had an agent, but like I still hadn't booked anything and I wasn't booking anything at the time. And I was I learned that like just auditioning, like just doing it, going in rooms with people I don't know, I've never met. You don't know. Ryan Coogler, I mean, was at USC directing and like he did all those student films before he's freaking Ryan Coogler, you know, so you just never know who people are going to be. So I just have never put this thing of like, I'm not doing that. Like, I'm always like, I mean, if it's a great story and it's written well, like I'm willing to do it. I there's never been that. um, I mean. Maybe now I'm a little bit more picky, um, but now I'm making my living as an actor. So now I feel like I'm in a place where I can say, like, unless it's a friend's project, I'm probably not just going to, like, go into, like, a USC student film, you know? I'd have to really love the script. I'd probably have to know someone on it or, like, a friend in a film school. Like, my friend Nikki, who's at AFI right now, love to do any of her projects. And she's like, are you sure? I'm like, girl what yes you don't have to pay me like this is great I'm, i want to support you amazing um, so yeah that's awesome okay i want to rewind a little bit okay so when you were growing up your family no one's involved in show business <laughs> no, in the industry so how did you get started in acting what kind of gave you that passion and that bug uh high school i did a theater class in high school ironically because i was originally in drawing and painting my freshman year of high school got a d I really think the teacher was harsh, but whatever. Um, (laughs) And then my counselor, my school counselor was like, you got to do something else. Like you you have to do another elective. Like you can't get a D your first semester of high school. I did, but like you can't keep this going on. So I was like, oh my gosh. Well, I had just watched um, our school do Fiddler on the Roof. And I was like blown away. My high school has an amazing like drama program. And that's all to Jennifer Rizalmi. Hello, gorgeous. Um, She's my (laughs) high school drama teacher who I love and I still keep in touch with. And she actually, really quick, just want to throw that out there. She threw this huge premiere for Tall Girl in my hometown at her theater, which was so sweet. And so many people came and it was such a really great, I've never seen myself in a theater in my hometown, like ever. So it was really cool. That's um, and that's Bakersfield, right? In Bakersfield. Yeah. Amazing. Bakersfield, California. So I took her class and she really poured a lot into her students in general. Like she just, her passion for the arts and she did theater in LA. She went to school here um, and then went back to Bakersfield after she graduated college. But I just learned so much from her and she just, I just soaked it all up like a sponge. And it's like funny. Cause she was like, I didn't really know that you loved theater like that. Like she just didn't know because I would audition for the things and I didn't get the only role I ever got in high school was I was the magic carpet in Aladdin and had one line. It was hop a carpet (laughs) and fly. And that's it. That's it. Like I didn't, 
I wasn't like a, the huge star at my high school. Like people think that I'm like, I got nothing. Like, I, I love that. That's I, like the Michael Jordan where you're like, he didn't make the high school basketball team. <laughs> right. But look how talented he is. That is doesn't that mean anything. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so I'm like, there it. you go, kids. Angelica Washington, one line in high school. And that's it. Look at her now. Yeah. So you never know. I think um, she was just like, yeah, if you want to, if you like, you could totally do it. Not really thinking that I don't think she thought I would do it. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Um, so then when I was 18, I was like, well, I went to college for a little bit. And then I was like, the hell am I doing here? Like, this is not it. And I went to college for theater. But in Bakersfield, you know, it's such a like the, the theater program had like nine people in the entire program. So we couldn't really do wow. much. And I was like, yeah, this is not it for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I need to, and I knew I always knew I wanted to do television and film. Like I knew that since I was a kid, like watching that So Raven and like Kiki Palmer on True Jackson VP. Like I just knew that that's what I wanted to do. Um, so I was really happy. Like I was 18 and I was like, so I'm going to move to LA. And I told two of my best friends and they were like, we'll go with you. And I was like, what? So then we literally told our parents, I dropped out of school and I moved to LA within six days. Wow. Oh my God. It was really poor, but I did it. You did I quit it. Quit my job. I worked at Hot Dog on a Stick in the Mall. Oh my god! Stomping lemonade. <laughs> Are those the cute little striped yep, outfits? The striped right? outfits uh-huh. with the hat. Yep, I that love was it. me. <laughs> and I was coaching a cheerleading team because I grew up doing all sorts cheerleading my whole life. And so I was coaching a cheerleading team at the local high school. And then I quit that real quick. I was like, bye. <laughs> Gotta go. Going Peace. to LA to be an actor. Oh my god! And they were all like, what? And I was like, yeah. And then nothing happened for a really long time. And they were like, mm, is she really doing that? I was like, I'm trying, I swear. Because they don't see when you're in the workshops mm-hmm. and the classes and put investing all of your money into that. You know, they don't see that. They don't see the hustle. They don't see it, yeah. When you go back home, it's just like, so what's happening? You're not on TV yet. Oh, my gosh. I'd go back home and I remember one girl who had I'd gone to school since kindergarten. Mm-hmm. And I saw her at Wings Up. I was like, hey, girl. And at the time, she was, like, married already because they didn't marry, like, right. I mean, it's a small town. So, you know, if you're from a small town, it's like they get married right after high school mm-hmm. and, like, start a family while they're, like, still in college. And I'm like, wow, we're, like, 20. What are we doing? But anyway, this is just a couple years ago. And so I had went back and she was like, oh, my gosh, are you still, like, trying to be an actor in oh. L.A.? Oh. And I went trying (laughs) just like you just hear in your head trying dagger to the heart (laughs) trying and i was like i actually am an actor um but yeah i'm still in la i'm still hustling still doing it and she was just like so like what are you in that like i could watch or i could see and then that's the kicker because then i always say well what do you watch well, I don't really watch TV, so <laughs> right. I don't know. And I'm like, it's always the people who are like, what would I know? That you're, they don't even, you don't even watch TV. Mm-hmm. So you wouldn't even know if I told you. And there's so many shows. Like, you probably wouldn't know if that show doesn't mean it's not legit. It's just you wouldn't know. Totally. Yeah. Okay. It's funny because I say to people, I'm like, you know, if you were to tell someone I'm in med school, they're like, wow, you're going to be a doctor. Yes. I'm in, I'm in law school. Wow, you're going to be a lawyer. You know, I'm an actor. Like, like, wow, you're going to be an actor. You know, I'm, I'm in class. I'm in workshops. Wow, you're going to be an actor. But no, people are like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, wait a minute. Actor. Wait a minute. Aspiring. That's but that's so this funny. whole perspective that it's like you got to be in the right place at the right time, that it's not about skill. It's about just innate talent that you're born with. Either you have it or you don't. Right. Like, and so they all want to know, like, it's almost like, oh, are you special or something? Yeah. As opposed yeah. to are you working your butt off to become a really skilled, you know, performer? Right. And they just don't compute, even though in like law and medicine, they know it's all about the training. It is. Right. You want the best trained lawyer. You want the best trained doctor. Absolutely. Yeah. 
Absolutely. Like, I don't walk up like her, that specific person I'm thinking of. She's a teacher now. But like, imagine if I was like, are you still trying to be a teacher? <laughs> like, are you still working on that? Like, that would be rude. Yeah. You know? I haven't met any of your students. So yeah. I wonder, like, yeah. I where wonder do we get that we... perspective, though? Why do people feel that way about actors? I, I think part of it is, I mean, we are one of the only careers where our resume is just a Google away. You know, like I can't Google her resume and find mm. out. And also, like, I can't find out just because you're a teacher. Like, OK, but how many of your students passed that last test? Mm -hmm. Like, I can't see how well you're doing in your job. Mm -hmm. Right. Whereas, like, you can just kind of IMDB me or just put my name in and find out, like, how well I'm doing mm -hmm. according to your standards. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? I think it's just because they can see our jobs, like see what we're doing with our jobs and not even seeing it because they're not on set. You know, you're just seeing the, the final product. You're not right. seeing the 16 hours I spent for seven days. You know what I mean? Um, but or like if you were in a feature or a series and then you put all this time and effort in, you work with amazing people and mm -hmm. you just happen to be cut out of that uh, episode or that right. film. It's like, Oh, it's yes. like, if I can't see it in the thing that it doesn't count. Same. And like, even with shameless, people are like, I watch shameless and I, like, I, I, you were barely in it. I'm like, they said that's, that. Yes. <laughs> oh I know. Some people just are, they don't realize, they're not sensitive. Mm -hmm. They don't get it because they're not artists. See, I'm know? spoiled because I've worked in casting almost the entire time I'm out here. People don't say shit like that no. to me. <laughs> because they know, they know how hard you work. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, but I shot three scenes with like an Emmy nominated actor. Like I didn't like just because they got cut out and well, all of it got cut except for like, a page right so like a few seconds like I had like eight lines maybe in total but I'm like but I still got to work with William H. Macy and he was great and I shot three scenes with him and that was big for me yeah like for me especially at that place it was my first guest I was only my second job so it was after I had done Legend wow, of Master your Legend your second job was a guest with William H. Macy right Jeez. it's crazy I could shoot three scenes with him um Anthony Hemingway directed it like and I had known who he was so it was like a really big deal for me at the time and the experience was just crazy in general and then yeah of course it like mainly got cut out and whatever but it doesn't take away that what I did like that was more than any acting class I've paid for yeah. you know what I mean like those experiences so I'm Why? like um what about yeah, it yeah seeing the way he works I think um I had a really crazy experience I mean as I'm learning now everyone who I've met who was who I've randomly met who's like, oh, I guess they're on Shameless or I've been on Shameless. Um, they don't print sides for you, mm -hmm. like period. Um, and like, I, my call time was like 10 a.m. And they called me at eight being like, hey, can you get here early? Can you be here in an hour? Oh. And I was like, well, I live an hour away, but yeah. So I just like got ready, went there and, and then I got there and they're like, hey, did you get the, the new sides? <gasps> and I was like, oh, from last night, like the changes. Yeah, I got them last night. He's like, no, from this morning. <laughs> oh, no. Like, no, because I was driving here. And they're like, oh, okay, what's well, in your email? I'm like, oh, can I get a printed copy, like a physical copy? They're like, oh, we don't print sides here. Oh, my like, God. Like, everything, you got to look up on your phone or your tablet or whatever you have. And I was like, okay. So I pull up my phone, and it's entirely different. <gasps> wow. And I'm like, all on three set, scenes? In all three scenes, I'm in my trailer, and I'm like, oh, my God. And they're like, but actually, we really want to move. So if you can just, like get this going. And I'm like, Oh God. Okay. And so I went straight to hair and makeup. I didn't even sign my paperwork. Like that's how freaking crazy. Wow. It was. wow. And then from straight to there, they're like, okay, great. She's done with hair and makeup. All right, let's get a van for Angelica so we can go to set for rehearsal. And I'm like, no, 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 no. <laughs> I just, I just read it one time. Oh, like, I didn't even learn it. And so I'm like, Oh my God, this is going to be an awful experience. So <laughs> 
I get to set. I'm like in the van reading it like a crazy person, like over and over, trying to use every cold reading skill I've ever taken from a cold <laughs> reading class I've ever had. And so I get there and we rehearse it. And of course, I don't know all the lines. So Anthony's like, you missed that line right there. Or <laughs> that line, we changed that line. Or And I'm like, oh my God. And Will was just like, he was like, hey, he just put his hand on my shoulder and was like, you're doing great. Oh. You're doing great. Because I think he could see I was frantic. Uh -huh. Like I was pa actually panicking, like having an anxiety attack, freaking out inside. Um, and he was so kind and was just like, you're doing great. He was like, I know this is crazy. We've been doing this for like eight years now. I think it was in season nine. So like they'd literally been doing that for eight years. Wow. So he's just used to it. He was like, yeah, I just got here and I learned it. But like I'm used to this. This is how we how we work on this show. And every show is so different. Stargirl would never do that. Yeah. Um, not not like on. I mean, actually, they, they've done that. But to me, but <laughs> but I think maybe I was just ready. So I didn't feel like that, you know. Mm -hmm. um, and so he, we just we just ran it a little bit. And then they ended up breaking for like lunch, thank God, because they had been there since like four in the morning. And I called my friend. I spent the entire lunch and bathroom running those lines. Like I just text them to her and I ran it, ran it, ran it. And then I was ready. And then it was great. And I, I felt really good. And um, I had a great day. Amazing. And he talked with me on the way back and was like, you handled yourself really well. We've had some actors come in who have actually cried. Mm -hmm. And like, they were just so overwhelmed with the pressure and you did a really good job. And I was like, thank you. So, and then I cried. Cause I was like, thank you. <laughs> because really I was trying really hard. Well, and that know, was William H. Macy that William said that H. to you? William H. Macy, yeah. Well, and he and uh, David Mamet have their acting method, right? The practical aesthetics where it's just. Oh, I don't even know of this. Yeah, so I was wondering whether that's part of what has worked its way into his show. It's yeah. Because their method, and I don't, I haven't studied it, so I might be butchering it. But my understanding of their method is that just get the words in your body and go. And then as long as you're present and you have the conversation, the words will do the work. As long as you're a primed instrument and, you know, you have your relationships and all that stuff, don't fucking worry about like, you know, too much Being analysis or all that stuff. Yeah. Just say the words, yeah. you know, um, let the words do the work. And so I wonder if that's part of why yeah. that culture has evolved that way. I'm I'm. I'm sure of it now that you say that. I didn't know that he had that method. Because the number one on the call sheet sets the tone for the entire experience. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. And I'm sure that that's the way he works. So then it's just the way that they decided that's how they're going to work. You know, mm -hmm. this is how we're going to do the show. This is how he thrives. And the show has been and it is amazing. So I'm sure it was a very easy transition for them. Um, but yeah, it was really, that's a really scary method for people who don't know it. We're like, no analysis. No. <laughs> right. I'm like, I had no chance to learn. And at that point it really was like, all I had time to do was learn the lines. Like I didn't have time to sit there and like figure out all this crap. But what like, you already maintained was whatever the work right. you did earlier, at least yes. about relationships mm -hmm. and whatever. Like and, I knew who I was. I was yeah. basically the AT&T girl and I knew my job was to get him to buy a phone, period. Mm -hmm. And so that's it. Yeah. And then I'm just and learning go. the lines and go. <laughs> wow, yeah. Incredible. Um, and so you said that was your second big job. Your first one yeah. was booking the series regular for Legend of Master Legend. Yeah, no credits. No credits. <laughs> and your audition story for that is the most inspiring thing I think I've ever heard. I remember I cried the first time you told me that story. Oh, because okay, I was like, I oh my it. God, I can do like, right, yes. it. So please share with us how you booked that role. Wow. Uh, shit. Okay. <laughs> no pressure. No. So... At the time, I had had um, an L.A. agent. I was with Momentum at the time. And then I had had an Atlanta agent. I was with Salt Models and Talent, which I don't think they exist anymore, but I'm really not sure. Um, and so I had done – so really quickly, like four months before that, I booked my first um, job on the Netflix feature film Stepsisters 
flew out to Atlanta, Ooh, was yeah. on my way to the fitting, and they were like, sorry, we cut you from the film. <laughs> and I was legitimately heartbroken because it was my first job I'd ever booked off tape to for my Atlanta agent. And of course, I was working as a local hire, so I had to fly myself there. I was working at Starbucks for like $9 an hour, so like this was an expensive trip for me to feel like I wasn't sure if I was about to get reimbursed. Of course I did. Thank God for the union. Mm-hmm. Amen to that. Um, they really fought for me because they tried to not pay me because they're like, it's a right to work state. I was like, it don't matter. <laughs> um, you gotta pay me. So yeah. they did and it was great. Um, but I, uh, so I had gotten this age audition from my Atlanta agent and it was a self tape for legend of master legend. And I had recently you know me on Actors Access, I had already submitted to that. So I was like, well, because I, I was still self-submitting because I just like didn't care. I was like, I'm still going to self-submit. Yeah. Um, and they had put out this huge breakdown. I guess it was a re-release. So they had already done auditions around L.A. and wherever. And so I saw that it was in L.A. I looked up the casting director on Casting About. <laughs> I'm such a resource person. I looked him up. I'm like, she's in L.A. So I just called her and was like, hey, is there any way that I could like go in for this? I see that the casting director is in L.A. Instead of putting myself on tape, like whatever it's worth a try mm-hmm. what's the worst you can say no okay and she was like um i don't know let me ask i'm like okay so then she does and then they're like yeah sure she can come in tomorrow i'm like okay great so she tells me i go in the next day um i prep it it's only like four pages really not a lot and so i was like okay so i went in i literally did it i literally didn't i like i don't know why at that space in my life i just wasn't caring and i also well i know a little bit it's because i was so heartbroken from the previous thing Mm -hmm. i was in a discouraging place so all the auditions i was kind of doing was just kind of like whatever like if it works cool if it doesn't cool Mm -hmm. you know which uh, this is i'm realizing right now in this moment full circle things for myself (laughs) um but that's how i was feeling and so i went in i did it she was like oh shit Hold on, let me, because it was a pre-read, so I wasn't on camera. So oh. then she was just like, oh, wait, let, let me let me record that. Hold on. So she gets up, she gets the camera, and now she's like, okay, let's do that one more time. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, um, great, which is actually the same thing that happened to Young Sheldon. And so I was like, great. So then she we do it again, and then she was like, okay, what do you think? Like, what do you think about this girl? Like how like, And I was just like, oh, I've never had a casting director interact with me like that. Yeah. Ask me what I think. So I told her. We played, I probably did that for pitching 20 times, like literally 20 times and her taping every single one. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. And her just being, I could just see it in her eyes that she like, and now I think about it now, she was like, oh my God, I hit the jackpot. Like mm-hmm. she was like, oh, this is it. And so, um, but I didn't think anything of, it. I literally left and like, didn't tell anyone I had that audition. Like I just was like, whatever. At the time I was doing this like YouTube talk show with my friend and I was like, I'm busy. Like I have things <laughs> going on. So I went and did that. And then a week later they called me back for the um, director producer session and I was like, oh, wow, director, first director proof session ever, right? This first mm-hmm. credit, like no idea what I'm doing. So I just like go in like oddly so confident, like just like whatever. I'm just going to like throw these four pages down. Like it's no big deal. I'm just going to do it. <laughs> and they were like, so I went in and I did. And then they were like, wow, that was really great. So, so you're from Atlanta. And I was like, no. I was like, wait, what? And they were like, yeah, yeah, you're, you're agent in Atlanta. You know, you're, so you're from Atlanta. Like, how long have you been here? And I was just like, oh. And I realized at the time, like, oh, they think I'm from Atlanta because I have my Atlanta agent who called yeah. to see if they, I could get in. Mm. And I was just like, um, I've been there like just like a year or so. I'm originally <laughs> from Bakersfield, California, which is true. Um, I just couldn't like lie too much, you know, because I won't be able to keep up with that. Um, <laughs> and so basically, long story short, 
uh, I had went in and done the director proof session and then um, they had thought that like they had found this girl who just happened to be in LA at the time, but lived in Atlanta. So they, I think they thought they like missed me. Like when they did the LA casting the first time. Um, and I was only me and like two other girls. And then, um, I left literally not telling anyone about that producer session, just being like, that was really cool. Awesome. All right, cool. I don't know why they thought I was from Atlanta, but, um, sure. And my best friend lives in Atlanta, which is how I got, the Atlanta agent to begin with. And so I told her like, okay, so if anyone asks, like, what's your address? Because I need to, you know, and then I go a a week later, they call my LA agent, which got really confusing because they called my LA agent telling her I had a chemistry read, but this whole time I'd been going through my Atlanta agent. So it was like really weird. And so then she was just, and I was dumb because I didn't like tell her what was going on. Cause I just didn't, she didn't even know you she had no, so she wow. had no idea that I had this call back, this director, she had no idea. So then I go in, I do this chemistry read, um, with John Hawks. They send me the script and against I'm new. So I prepared the whole script because I thought that's what you needed to do. <laughs> so I prepared the whole fucking script. So I show up, my my LA agent's like, this is huge. This is series regular. This is for an Amazon series. And they're the same producers from Transparent that has all these Emmys. Like, this could be huge. And I was like, oh, really? I had no idea. Like, (laughs) okay. And then she was like, okay, don't get nervous, though. Like, just go and do the same thing. So I did. I prepared the whole thing. I go in. I meet John Hawks. I read with um, Don Lewis, who played my mom, who's so great. And I watched her on A Different World, so that was really cool, um, with my mom. And she played a big part in my mom's life growing up that I had known about. So it was just a really, that was like a full circle moment. But um, I went in, read with John Hawks. He was so great, so funny. I mean, it probably lasted like an hour, this like chemistry read. Yeah. And um, there was one other girl there, and she had left. They sent her home. And I was like, that's weird. Why would they send her home and keep me? Because I'm an idiot. I didn't get what was going on. Um, and so then I keep reading with him. We're trying all these different things. They're like, okay, we want to give you these other scenes, um, from the other part of the script. Do you want to go outside and learn them? And I was like, oh no, I know that. (laughs) And they were like, you know it. And I was like, oh, I I prepared the whole script. Do you want to like any scene you want to do? Like we can just do any of them. And they were just like, who's this girl? Like what's happening? (laughs) Yeah. And I just like, like legit, like I didn't even need sides. Like I just knew the whole script. So I was like, anything you want to do, like let's do. So we basically did every scene that me and John Hawks do in the, in the pilot episode. We did all of them. Um, and I didn't need, they were like, are you sure you don't need sides? Like, Oh, I don't need sides. I go, I know it all. And I, I knew it all. And they were just like, Holy crap. And they were like, you're really prepared. Like you were just really prepared. And I was like, Oh, am I? Does this not, <laughs> is this not, is normal? This not what everyone does? Like, <laughs> oh, wouldn't everyone do this? Uh-huh. And then realizing they wouldn't. And then a week went by after that and I didn't hear anything. And I was kind of shaking in my boots cause I didn't know how it worked. And my agent at the time was just like, well, I don't know if they're going to test you or if they're going to give you an offer. And then she called back days later, like, looks like they're giving you an offer. They're asking for the right. Like they're asking for all these things. I'm like, Oh, okay. I had no idea what an offer meant. Mm-hmm. I was like, what's an offer? What's a test deal? I feel like an idiot. I don't know what's going on. Um, And then I basically just kind of like threw it to God and was like, well, if this is for me, it's for me. And if it's not, well, then that sucks. This this would be so fun because all these people are so great and they seem so awesome to work with. And at the time I had seen Transparent, so I'm like, love their show. Um, And I had also looked them up. I was like, yeah, Mm -hmm. I was like, I know that. Before I did my chemistry read, when she told me everyone that was going to be in the room, I had looked up every single person and watched interviews of them on YouTube. Mm -hmm. So like our director, John, um, Noah, Micah, everyone, I had looked them up 
on YouTube and watch stuff because I had known from casting director workshops when I see people and I see them talk and I see how they interact, it takes it makes me less nervous. I, I find the human in them and then I can go in a room and feel like we're equal and not feel like I'm inferior. So I, I still do that to this day. I, I personally have to. I've learned that that's just my thing. Um, I have to look people up and really try to find um, interviews that they've done mm-hmm. or even photos just so I know what they look like, like something that makes me like put a human to that name instead of seeing this huge executive producer name and being like, oh, God, you know, um, just being able to do that. And so I did. And then I got the call that I booked it. What was I? Oh, that's what I was doing. I was at one of my jobs. I worked two jobs at the time. I was working at Starbucks and at another job. Um, and I had already quit Starbucks because I was like, fuck this shit. I can't do that. <laughs> um, and exactly 30 days from the time I quit Starbucks, I was working at like a call center, like just a whack job, right? Like, like telemarketer type. Yeah. Call like, center? yeah, exactly okay. like that. Like a telemarketer thing, which they're the worst. Cause I hate when they call me. So I know that everyone hated me <laughs> and I hang up on you to cuss you out the whole thing. Um, that's my, I missed my agent's call because I was at my job sitting yeah. at the little desk and then I left and also it was like the only thing you could do over 18, like not needing a degree. And so I left outside. And I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. I missed your call. I was at work. I was like sitting at my desk. I'm sorry. My phone was on silent, whatever. And then she was like, well, honey, you need to quit that job because you just booked this role. And I was like, what? <laughs> what? No, I th- you said I was going to do a test thingy or an offer thingy. She's like, this is the offer. Oh, this is the offer. And I was just like. What? She was like, leave your job, quit your job. And I was like, okay. So I literally go back in the job. I pack up my stuff. The guy sitting next to me is like, what's going on? Where are you going? I was like, I'm leaving. I just booked a series regular. Goodbye. <laughs> I left, never went back. Oh my never God. Never called, never put in it. Never. They never called me to figure yeah. out why I didn't come back. Nothing. I just never went back to that place. You just packed up and left. Packed and, up and left. And I was like, bye. And on my way out, I left. And everyone was like, why is she leaving? And I didn't clock out. <laughs> I just left. I literally just fucking left. And then I called I my mom it. and I called my friends. And by the way, I hadn't told anyone I was doing this process. So none of my friends knew. My mom had no idea. Oh, like so no fun. one knew because I, I just didn't think it was going to happen. And so I just, and also like, I was like, meh. Whereas like now, once you start getting into the audition world mm-hmm. and like really auditioning, you talk to people about auditions and you talk about your audition experiences, but I didn't have any experience really auditioning except, except for the student films I was doing that summer, um, which my friends didn't give a shit. So it was like, okay, <laughs> but yeah, isn't that crazy? That it is really so is. fun. Zero credits. It is nothing. Wild. It's like the dream experience actors want to have is to be able to do that. To be like, right. I'm out. Right. Exactly. <laughs> it was because, and that's what I think is so inspiring. It's like people don't put that kind of work into auditions like you did. You memorized the entire script. Right. When you had a four page scene, you had to memorize. Right. And you looked up interviews with every single professional that was going to be in that room. And it's like, that's the level of care you put into it. And you just thought was expected. So that's why you are where you are. And it's incredible. And it's crazy when I learned that people show up to like testings, not knowing their material. Yeah. I'm like, what is, do you want this or not? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Because I know so many actors who would kill to be testing for these things and show up prepared every single time. So when I hear that, it's just like the lazy actor. And you know, what's funny is one of my first acting coaches, Lauren Patrice Nadler, I had done a scene, it was a scene study class and I had showed up for a scene and she'd asked me like, what does that place mean? Or what does that thing mean? And I was like, I don't know. And then she was like, you didn't look it up. You didn't care to look it up. You didn't mm-hmm. care to figure out what that was. And I was like, uh, 
no, I just kind of like mm, went, went, figured it out. Like I figured I knew the context. And she was like, you don't ever want to be a lazy actor. You never want to show up and to a director or to any type of audition and not know what you're talking about. And also not know who you're talking about or who you're talking to. Mm-hmm. Like you need to look it up. We are in a place in an age where you can look it up. It's mm-hmm. just lazy and it's unexcusable. Mm-hmm. And she really chewed my ass out for that. And I'm really grateful for that now because I refuse to be a lazy actor from that experience. And also from that, and that was real. that was like when I first got to LA taking that class. So like to think that years later, people don't prepare the whole, sc- like you didn't do that. Like mm-hmm. not everyone does that. That's confusing. And, and also like, why not? You're the offer on the table is a whole lot more money than I'm sure what you're working for now. So it's like, you better put in that work. Yeah. Incredible. Yeah. Is that still the process you do like for Stargirl? Did you still prep the full script? I mean, now because oh, I didn't have so it. frequently. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. Stargirl was so like down low. Mm-hmm. So I didn't even know the character I was playing for Stargirl or auditioning for until the night before I tested. Wow. I had no idea. I had no idea that I was a superhero. I had no <laughs> idea. I had no idea. I just thought. It was a Warner Brothers project and it was called Stargirl. But at the time they were doing the Disney Channel Stargirl movie. So everyone was getting really confused because oh. I had just auditioned for the Stargirl Disney Channel original movie. And I knew it wasn't that because it said Warner Brothers. Um, but I didn't know it was DC. Like they didn't give us all that. I mean, I kind of started to like connect the dots when I got the producer director session because they said Jeff Johns was going to be in the room. And I was like, oh, Jeff Johns, like. DC Jeff Johns but then I'm like well I have no idea I'm just playing this girl who's in this <laughs> school who's literally running away from a monster I swear to god those are the sides and they were fake sides they were mock sides right um which really helped me with Stargirl too because um when I got the audition they said the script isn't available um here's the sides and I said oh okay has the script which this is a really key question I asked my agent's assistant is the script not available or is the script not written And he was like, let me go find out. And so he asked casting, came back and said, the script isn't written yet. Wow. I said, great. So if the script isn't written, I can totally make all these mock sides my own. So I didn't have to be word perfect. This isn't a Shonda Rhimes thing. Mm -hmm. I can like play with it. I can make it my own. I can kind of ad lib and paraphrase where I want to make it sound like I said it, not like this girl said it. Mm -hmm. So that's what I did. And I remember going into that audition And there was shit ton of girls there. I mean, so like every black girl in town was like who was 18 to look younger was at this audition. Um, And so it was really full um, at Richard Delia casting. He's so great. And I went and I remember hearing their their walls are not thick. Okay, barely. (laughs) I heard girl after girl after girl going in, saying it exactly how it was written, saying exactly how it was written. And the night before I had ran it with Katra, our friend Katra. Mm -hmm. And um, I was like. I was like, um, I'm not going to say it like this. This is how I'm going to say it. And she just was like, all right. I mean, <laughs> she was like, this can go really great or really bad. Because she was like, oh, you're just doing your own thing. You're just saying fuck it. And I was like, yeah, I'm saying fuck it. Also, which is why I was saying earlier, I'm having a full circle moment. I was in a really discouraged place. I tested a bunch of times before, I think three times before Stargirl. Didn't book any of them. Mm-hmm. So I was in a fuck it place. Like, whatever. If they like me, cool. If they don't, cool. Which now, it's like, oh my God, that's the exact same place I was when I booked Legend of Master Legend. But I was just like, I'm going to do what I want. And so I did. And I went in and I was like, this is going to be really great or really bad because I'm not doing <laughs> it how they did. And so I went in and I totally just like threw it away and did my own thing. And I just remember um, Mark uh, Droder, who's so great, was like looking at me and was like, 
that was really great. Um, yeah, that was like, right. And, and she just was like, yeah, that was so great. And then I was just like, oh, I mean, was it? Cause I can do it how it's written. I just like, you know, want to throw my own sauce on it, you know? <laughs> and then they were like, no, we loved it. We loved how you totally made it your own and like your own character. And I was like, oh my gosh. Okay, great. And then they're like, let's do the next scene. And I was like, okay, I did the next scene. Um, and that was it. Then I got the director producer session with Jeff John. And I was like, oh, Jeff John. I don't know. Um, I also did bold scenes one time. That's it. And I was really nervous when I actually booked it because I had that audition, the director producer session. Then I got the test. And when I tested for it, I also did it only one time. Like wow. I never was redirected once. So I was like, y'all just hired me on your show. Didn't even find out if I could take direction. Like <laughs> never even gave me direction once. Like not even. But Jeff John is very, very particular. He's a very specific man. He knows exactly what he wants. And when he sees it, he knows it. And he's like, I didn't need to see it again. I didn't need to see you try anything else. I just knew. And apparently he knew from the first, like he saw my original tape. He was like, that's it. And then when I went in, he was like, oh, we knew from, we just had to test you because the network wanted to see you and do this whole thing. Mm -hmm. He was like, but we knew at the test, like that it, we knew. And I was like, wow, that's crazy because here I am just going through my daily life. Right. And I was just like, not knowing that in like three weeks that your life could change. Yeah. You know, you just like live and like hoping and praying like, all right, God, well, if this is for me. This will be really great. But if it's not, OK, I mean, whatever. And at that point, I actually was really like, all right, God, if I'm not going to book this, I really might move home. Like, actually, even though the year before I did six guest stars, even though like it didn't matter. I was like literally in a place of like that was where it felt like rock bottom. Mm -hmm. It like literally felt like rock bottom, like right before, like around that time. It's really like those moments that are like destiny because it was like, I was always meant to be that girl, mm -hmm. even though like in my head, I, I never saw that. And a lot of actors dream about being a superhero. They're like, man, that's a dream job. I never once dreamed about that shit. I was like, I want to be a teenage prostitute in an Ava DuVernay film. <laughs> That's what I want to do. And so you just never know. I'm not Bumblebee, though. Everyone knows that. <laughs> I would love to be. I mean, whoever's going to be Bumblebee is really lucky. But You I know, one thing that's occurring for me as I'm watching you talk about all this is, you know, there's a there's a there's a saying that I have that if you want to be a lead, you have to be a leader, right? Mm -hmm. Like you, if you're going to walk mm -hmm. into a room with um, people who are counting on you to be able to be prepared and be the the storyteller that they're relying on to help bring this to life and all that, they yeah. can't be so worried about you that you're going to fall apart or whatever. Right. The way you conducted yourself in that room, and that's why it's kind of like a light and a dark way to approach it, like. You know, one of the studios that I used to go to back like a decade ago had this mm -hmm. saying was like, fuck it. You know what I mean? Like they have a fuck it attitude or whatever yeah. that never really resonated with me because I get what they were getting at. But that also isn't kind of the energy that I want anybody to get from me is that I don't care. Right. It's like, no, not fuck it. It's just like I'm detaching from the outcome. Like I don't I don't need an outcome to, to, to take pride in my art and to want to really own this while I have it, you know, while I get the privilege to live in this story. Like I'm just going to enjoy this as long as it lasts. And I'm going to have a vision and I'm going right. to you know, celebrate and collaborate and all that stuff. And then I can walk away and I can be like, that was part of the process of finding my home. And eventually I will find my home and then that'll right. be my home for a year or le or more or whatever. And then I'll find a new home. And that's right. just kind of the way it is. But that, that fuck it attitude to me felt really aggressive in a way that didn't resonate with me. And I'm not judging anybody else who has that situation, but like for you, you know, it felt like that came out of a place of like, 
you almost like forced letting go. Like your body was yes. like, I'm done. And so I'm letting go of like all the emotional attachment and there's mm -hmm. freedom in that. Right. And I just don't think that you, the only way to get to that place of freedom is by hitting rock bottom. You can choose that way to operate just by acknowledging the way the industry works. Right. But it's so funny whether you get there from, from that exhaustion or whether you get there from like, that's just your mentality. The, the, the way that you walk into a room and your validation and all that other stuff does not hinge on that one experience and you yeah. have total freedom to just do what you want to do as a performer. And then you come off as like a, a leader, somebody who's like, I don't need anything more from this. I'm just here to play. Right. I 100% agree. And I think because I had hit that rock bottom and now that it's happened twice, I feel more secure now in knowing like, well, it'll come, you know, mm -hmm. but I know actors who who, like you were saying, just innately have that attitude mm -hmm. and things do, but like some people have to get there in their way. And for me, my journey, just like I needed to hit rock bottom. I needed to work really, really fucking hard for $9 an hour to extremely appreciate being on set with a call time at 1am and being here and like being paid what I'm being paid. And then other actors who I'll say would, you know, might complain and be like, Oh my God, it's like three in the morning. Like, I just can't be here. Da, da, da. I'm like so tired. I'm like, yeah, but I used to wake up at 3am to work at Starbucks for my shift from three to nine. So this is great. This is amazing because back then I was working $9 an hour dealing with terrible customers who haven't had their coffee at 4am. So this is awesome, you know, and maybe I needed to go through that to have that gratitude, yeah. right? Like, Absolutely. Maybe I needed my journey needed to have that to feel like, positive. And then I noticed too, on most of the sets, I'm for sure one of the most positive actors on set. I'm, I just believe in always being grateful and having a great attitude, but also a lot of the actors I have been really lucky to work with who are awesome, but like have never had to work a regular job because they're either like actual teenagers. Cause I'm still playing high school or they're like, you know, like my age, like early twenties. So like either they have never had to like work in those types, you know what I'm trying to say? Like I've yes. never had to like do those types of jobs. So they think that everything we have as like an actor is like the way it's supposed to be. And I'm like, no gunny, this, this is not how it works. Like you, we are very, very blessed to be here. And there are thousands of actors in LA right now who would kill for your job. And then it brings them back to their moment. Like, oh, you're right. And have, one of my castmates is always like, I love when you're on set because you always make me realize how blessed I am, like how lucky I am to be here. Because yes. when you're not, there, for a lot of people, it's so easy to get caught up and just like, it's just like how it is. And like, they're used to always having jobs and used to always working and used to making a lot of money and used to spending a lot of money. So they're just kind of like, this is just how it always is. But I like bring them back to reality because I'm like, no, this isn't how it always is we are really, really lucky to be here. Mm -hmm. And there are a lot of people who are not. And honestly, a lot of people who are really deserving and a lot, and it just might not be their time. Right. I think mm -hmm. we, we're all deserving. It just might not be your time. And so it's just like, keep going because it will eventually be your time. So how's your experience having done background? How yeah. does that, how does that impact the way you behave on set? I have a very sweet spot for background very sweet spot. It's like really weird. Um, maybe it's not weird, but I just don't believe in like, acting like they're not there. Like, I see you. <laughs> You're a human. Hi, I acknowledge your presence. Um, what I, I'm really, I have a lot of moments if I'm going to be like really transparent because I did background to me for like too long. Like I was like, oh, I wish I'm like, if I would have stopped doing background 
a year before I stopped, maybe I would have been where like a year further, like, you know, you try to like do this stupid math in your mm-hmm. head. Um, but the truth is all the experience that I got from doing background work um, showed me when I, when I worked, I got to see a lot of different types of actors. And when you're doing background, you just observe it, right? You're not talking to them. You're not really doing anything. Mm-hmm. And so I observed on um, who I wanted to be and who I didn't want to be. Because I saw different actors and I was like, oh, God, I never want to be like that. I never want to be like that. And then I see other actors and I'm like, oh, I want to be just like that. I want to be like her. The girl who walks in and greets the, everyone, mm-hmm. who says hello to everyone, who, who talks to the PAs, who treats them like people, um, who knows their name and who, like, sees the background. And, like, when she's – I'm speaking of someone specific, but, like, when she comes to this area where the background are, if she has to start here, she'll say, hi, I'm so-and-so, right? Mm-hmm. Whatever it is. And then I did that. I'm talking about Debbie Ryan, actually. Um, oh, but, okay. And she was just so kind, always. And I was like, I want to be like that. Like, she never acted like, and also Zendaya, like, never acted like we weren't there or like we weren't people. I did, like, the first two episodes of Background on Casey Undercover. And I'll, and maybe she was really excited because it was her show and she was producing and it was a really big deal. But regardless, I mean, she came around and, like, shook every single one of our hands and was like, thanks so much for coming Thanks so much for being here. That's amazing. And I mean, she had to be like, she, she's like, what, 21? So she maybe she was like, I don't know, 18, mm-hmm. 17, um, which isn't that far off. But but I just remember being like, wow, I want to be like that. Mm-hmm. I want to be the person who says hello. And like and now on the shows that I work on, the films that I work on, I do just that. I say hello to everyone. I introduce myself. Hi, I'm Angelica. I may not come and shake everyone's hand. Not that I'm really worried about germs, but I just get ashy. So I have lotion and I don't want it to get off. So, um, but regardless, you know, I'm like, hi. And a lot, a lot of actors that I work with are not that way. Yeah. Most of them, mm-hmm. 90%. Um, I mean, it really stands out when somebody behaves like that. I was, I remember uh, even Jerry O'Connell, who I worked with on Scream Queens, mm. right? And uh, he was standing uh, at one point in the path that all the background performers needed to go from their holding area to set and just saying hi and greeting every single person as they were coming. And I'm like, man, you've been a star for so long and yet you still take attention to detail with that. Like that is, that is super inspiring. That is so great. Absolutely. And I think it's always just that those moments of like, remember where you come from, Mm -hmm. you know, remember where you started. Mm -hmm. And also, I always think to myself, I don't know who these background actors are going to be one day. Mm-hmm. You don't know. Mm-hmm. They could be the next Viola Davis, right? Or the next, they could just blow up and be Jennifer Lawrence tomorrow. And you have no idea. So, and I never want to be that person, like run into someone like, I remember, you know, working with you. That actually recently happened to me. I ran into a girl who I did background on her Disney Channel show um, a few years ago, right when I, when I was still doing that. And she was really rude back then. And it was really nice to me all of a sudden. Um, <laughs> Crazy how that And works. I was also yeah. nice to her and I didn't point it out. I just something I knew. It was something mm-hmm. I noted in my head mm-hmm. that was like, well, this is fake, mm-hmm. you know? And it doesn't have to be said. It's just something that I know. And, and then it's like, she's not someone who I want to be friends with. Mm-hmm. And if she wants to try to be friends with me, the answer is no, mm-hmm. because I know how you treat other people. And unfortunately, integrity, I mean, not unfortunately, fortunately, integrity matters to me more than anything else. I don't care how much money you have, how much success you have, how much success you think you have your character and like your integrity of how you treat other people when other people can't see you matters more to me than anything else. Mm. Like, I don't care if you're Michael B. Jordan, but like, I've heard he's great. When I was in Atlanta, (laughs) people, he had worked and done some films there. And like my stand in was a stand in on his show or yeah, his show. And was like, he's so great and so kind. And like, 
those things matter, right? Because What's the first thing you ask someone? It's like yeah. you meet somebody who's famous. You're like, were they nice? Yes. It's the first question. You want to so know. Right. You want to know that the people who have success deserve it. Absolutely. That's ooh. That's so good. That's so. That's so. That's exactly what it is. We want to know. Like, do they deserve it, or are they the person that makes you just go, oh. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, um, it matters. It really matters. And character matters. It matters in everything. It matters in friendships that I have. It matters in my team. Mm-hmm. Like when I'm building my team, I have a phenomenal team. I'm really blessed. Um, but it, when I was building my team, that mattered to me. Like, yeah, your hustle fucking matters. Absolutely. But also your integrity matters. Mm-hmm. Right. And so like my team will say like, ah, oh, I don't want to do that. Or like, I want to do, but like, I don't want to push too hard or whatever. And I'm a pusher, like me, Angelica, you know, and I'm like, you better do that. Mm-hmm. And they're like, okay, but we don't want to ruin these relationships, mm-hmm. you know? And so then I'm like, okay, I get that. <laughs> like, I guess. But, um, yeah, character matters when I'm like, talking to men you know like men that i might be interested in like those things matter their integrity matters like i love going out on like well like i haven't been on a date in a while but (laughs) what i want was going out on dates um going to like restaurants or even like a local starbucks or something and seeing how they treat the people who serve them that is everything because Mm -hmm. how you treat those people who owe you nothing shows how you really treat people and how you Mm -hmm. see the world and so that matters to me more than anything because I would never be like that to someone. So I'm like, why the fuck would anyone else? Yeah. And that's the energy you give off. And that's why as soon as you walk in a room, people are like, oh, there's something different. There's something bright. There's something beautiful about this person. So it shows oh, and that comes across. Um, Same to you, girl. Oh, thanks. <laughs> um, I also want to hear, okay, because you were talking about how, you know, you had this year, you booked six guest stars. Then you had a year where you were testing a lot and not booking. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden you book Star Girl, you book Tall Girl, you leave town, you're on location for a long time. Was that a big life adjustment to be like, you know, hustling in L.A. to all of a sudden just like months at a time? On yeah, 100 um, percent. Yeah, so much. Uh, moving back into my apartment in September, this recent September it was the sixth time I've moved in a year, wow. like physically moved. Um, so yeah, it was a lot and not even just traveling. So nine months of this year, I wasn't here in LA. So I come back. So many things are different. I mean, I just went, I went to, I went to my church. The parking is different. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> everything's, everything's strange. Um, my gym, 24 hour fitness doesn't give out towels anymore. Like so many things that like just in nine months, I wasn't here, but like nine months is more, that's like three fourths of the year, is it not? Yes. So like, that's a long time. So um, yeah, a lot has changed. I think a lot has changed with myself. It's it's interesting because I've been finding that the only people I've really been able to like talk to about these things have been like my cast because they're also transitioning into being back here. And it's like a very weird thing that I didn't think I would ever have because my dream has always been and same for you. I know we have this similar dream. We want to travel like yeah. we want to act and travel and like traveling. We love traveling and like what a blessing to like work and go to new places and be on locations and do all these things and being new environments and meet new people. Um, and it is great. But I would say coming back, I felt um, instantly when I got back to L.A., I felt the pressure of hustling, mm-hmm. which is something that I had to like talk to. I've talked with my mom. I talked with my therapist. It was like I didn't understand why. I mean, I mean, the day I got back, the day I came to L.A., I like was busy that weekend. And then that Monday I was like, all right, 
I gotta, I gotta get to work. I gotta, I gotta start figuring out new ways of income. I gotta like, so it was like, almost like I picked up exactly where I left back. I don't know if it's like the energy or it's like, because I'm back in my apartment. Like, I don't know what that was about, Mm -hmm. but I instantly felt that. But when I was in Atlanta, because I knew I was there for my job, I was like chilling because I was like, well, I'm here for my job on days that I had off. I was like, well, I guess I'll go to hot yoga. I guess I'll like treat myself to lunch. Maybe go see a movie like, you know, and and also I'd never lived that lifestyle ever. So like that, I think, was more new because on days that I had off because I was there for seven months, but I didn't work every single day. Right. We have like 12 like a 12 actor series regular cast with a pretty big series regular cast. So not everyone's working every day except for Stargirl because mm-hmm. she's Stargirl. Um, <laughs> so she didn't have time off like we did. But um, we, I got really close with them because we had so much time off and I didn't realize I was going to have time off. Um, and so I think now feeling like it was okay to do nothing was new because I did not know what that felt like because I always had rent to pay or Mm -hmm. I always had classes to pay for or privates or photo shoots. Like, I don't know. You know what I mean? The, the, the expenses in LA are endless. So I'm like always having something to do. And so now also I've never been financially stable in my life up till right now. I've never been like not paycheck to paycheck. And, um, even when I did those six guest stars in that year, that was really great. It set me up to be, um, I basically saved all that money. So it paid my rent for like eight months. So like the eight months that I like wasn't working, I was like, okay, great. I got rent. Like, Mm -hmm. thank God I didn't touch it, you know? But that also comes from like, I took that class at SAG-AFTRA, like money management for artists. Like I've always been preparing for this. I Mm -hmm. just didn't know how I'd react when it got here. Mm -hmm. So I've never been financial. I've never been financially stable. So that's really new. Honestly, I think it's more new because I'll be like, let's go get lunch. My friend's like, girl, (laughs) I can't. And I'm like, oh my God, that's right. I forget that in LA, people can't just spend money like that. But when I was in Atlanta, I was with my cast. I'm like, we're young. We have money and we have time. We went out all the fucking time. (laughs) Like we were out, like out at restaurants, out at clubs, like just out. And I've never lived that life. Also in Atlanta, everything's cheap. Like (laughs) the minimum wage for Georgia is like nothing, you know? So my most expensive Uber ride I took on a Saturday night was $9. Oh my God. Nothing in LA. Like is $9 to go down the street in an Uber, you know? (laughs) So it's just, you just are like, yeah, we're out. And also I gained 10 pounds being in Atlanta. Well, like over this year in general. So like it definitely started in New Orleans because the food is great. Um, <laughs> and that's due to because I've never, this is the heaviest weight I've ever been. It's not bad. I mean, it's all went to the right places. So it's fine. <laughs> but still, you know, as a woman, I, I notice it and I feel it. And I'm like, God, I got to get it together. Um, but it's happy weight. And that's something that I like realized. I was like meditating. And I was like, you know what? The weight that I've gained this year is happy weight. Like it's been, I've never heard that phrase and I love it. I yeah, absolutely. It's love happy that. weight. It's happy because yeah, I've eaten a lot more than I should, but I've, I've, I've had money to spend that I've never had before. And yeah, going into this next, hopefully we get, I mean, I, I believe we'll get a second season. I'm really I'm feeling pretty confident, but also you never know. Um, but I'm, I'm really getting into a budget. I have an accountant now, like things I never had. Mm-hmm. And so my accountant and I have really set up a budget, like monthly spending. And cause I was spending way too much in Atlanta, which really in LA, it's not a lot. I was not spending a lot compared to like I could never live that lifestyle here. That yeah. like that money would be gone, you know? <laughs> um, but yeah. And so it's just different. Like I, I I'm gi- giving myself more of a break because this year has been so dramatic, drastically changing in my life mm-hmm. that I've never, um, 
allowed myself to like enjoy what this lifestyle feels like. And so I have done that this year and and it's been conscious because there's lots of parts of me that were like, well, maybe we should just like, if we just share this meal, then like, we don't have to. And my, my cast would be like, but why we can get both. And I'm like, you're right. We can get both. <laughs> we right. can get both, you know, and co- have to consciously tell myself it's okay to spend yeah. the extra $10. Well, it's like people who live through the depression who are like hoarders now. Cause yes. it's like, you never know when you're going to need it. Yes. And like, they're afraid to spend. I think I'm a hoarder. Mattresses, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, lo- literally. Okay. I'm, when I got back, Lauren came to my apartment to help me organize my stuff. And she was literally like, you don't need this. You don't, Lauren. Yeah. I mean, there was like a bag of, I mean, just random things in the closet that you're like, oh yeah, that's my bag of, of snacks. I'm like, keep them in the kitchen or get rid of them. Right. <laughs> like things like that, where it's just like, but you have a mentality of like save everything. Right. Just to be safe. Yes. And I've been learning how to get out of a mindset of scarcity. Mm-hmm. I've lived in a mindset of scarcity for so long instead of a mindset of abundance and a mindset of abundance for some people, they can just like do that. I could not live in a mindset of abundance while legitimately being broke. Like that just was too hard. Like it just wasn't real and yeah. I couldn't make it real now that it is real, I'm still living a mindset of scarcity, <laughs> but like trying to transition to abundance and be like, I'm okay. Yeah. I'm okay. And like, we have rent. Well, it's a good reward for your body for, for all the hard work that it put in before it was getting the rewards of the yeah. work and all that. And, you know, I, I tell people, you know, like, the, I don't know if this language has been used about you. I wouldn't be surprised if it has or it will. But they'd be like, hey, where'd this girl come out of nowhere? And suddenly she's, it's like, dude, you have no idea how Absolutely. long I was working mm-hmm. at this before this Absolutely. happened. And so the question for you is like, at what, what year, what, what year number are you in where you turn the corner of being a working actor? Right now, 2019. So that's how many years into your journey? Oh, I can't say because it ages. Okay, me. so right. <laughs> let's just say is it, is it five plus? Front, yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because like, if you look at people's IMDb's and like you you see like five to seven years into when their first credits appear right. is when they're in the things that you know them from. Mm-hmm. But that's just when their first credits appear. God knows how long it took for them to get their first credits. Right. You know, so 100%. it just seems to be like the sweet spot of like it takes time for the industry to get to know you and how to use yes. you. And sure, people leapfrog ahead. That's one of the miracles of what we do. Right. Um, but otherwise, you just get in and you grind. Yeah. And I have. People who from my hometown and other towns who have reached out saying that this is now something that they want to do and um, which is really great because I didn't have a single person from my hometown who had done anything like what I was doing. So that's really cool. And I and I take that with pride because I know that those people like even just having the thing that my high school drama teacher set up, like all those kids from Bakersfield, California, who probably thought they couldn't do that. Hopefully now I, my, my, my dream is like, I hope that people can see what I'm doing and be like, oh, I can do that. Right. Because like, I definitely had people in small ways, whether it was like Carrie Washington on TV or whatever made me feel like, oh, I could do that, you mm-hmm. know? Um, but people think like, oh, I want to move there and I want to do that. And I want to be there. I'm like, great. That's amazing. I'm not going to sit here and say it can't happen for you in a year because I don't know what God has for you. But I can tell you my journey and it wasn't not a year. It wasn't two, wasn't three, wasn't four, wasn't five. You know what I mean? Like there is a lot of time and energy and money and effort I put into it that I think people really it's easy to dismiss. It's Mm -hmm. easy to dismiss and because they see your success now, but not seeing all the work you put into it, you know? Mm -hmm. And it's like like what Kobe said, like I don't like no one shows up to the game without going to practice, you know? So like don't just look at how many 
like shots I've made now, it's like, but how many practice, how many hours have I put in? How much time did I put in doing that? Mm -hmm. So now you see me at the game and I'm scoring and it looks great. But like, yeah, but I just worked out for like 20 hours last week. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. That you didn't see. Mm -hmm. So it feels the same way. Like I've been doing this for years and also reminding myself too, I think is a new place to be in. Um, when now transitioning to make, to being a working actor and making my living and being really grateful and blessed doing that is reminding myself that I deserve it. Mm -hmm. I think that it's easy too to go through a place of like feeling like you don't because I know actors who maybe have been here longer than I have and still don't have what I have. Mm -hmm. Or I know actors who I feel like maybe haven't, but they work really, really hard and just haven't gotten that break yet that they really need. Just that one thing. Sometimes I feel like you need to just help with Mm -hmm. a little momentum, you know? Um, And sometimes I have that moment because I have so many friends, like most of my friends in L.A. are actors and a lot of them not necessarily have done maybe exactly as much as I have or have, but in different capacity. Maybe it's in the indie world or whatever. Um, And I go through that sometimes of being like, I deserve this. And, And it's a daily thing that I have to remind myself that I deserve this and that I'm worthy of it. In my bathroom, I have a sign that says, I'm worthy, I'm deserving, and I'm capable. Mm. Um, And it's really funny because four years ago, those words, like, I don't know why I wrote those down. And I, when I first made my first vision board, which was four years ago, which had like shows and like everything I'm doing now, except for the boyfriend is, was literally on that vision (laughs) board. He'll come later. Um, (laughs) Everything that was on that vision board. And um, I remember I used to sit and I used to say, I am worthy, I am deserving, I am capable. And I would literally set a timer on my phone for like four minutes. And I would sit with my eyes closed and say, I am worthy, I am deserving, I am capable. And those are like the three words. If I ever got another tattoo, it would be, I am worthy, I am deserving, I am capable. And so those words, I don't know why those three specific words, and I don't know who said them to me. I like, I cannot remember how I came Mm -hmm. across those three words, but I know that they changed my life. And I always like, I'll tell you after this, but (laughs) I had a recent um, encounter where I was getting to read with an actor who I've looked up literally my entire life looked up to. And before that I was just saying like, I'm worthy. I'm deserving. I'm (laughs) capable. Like I am worthy of this. I deserving to be here and I'm absolutely capable. Like I would never be put in a position that I wasn't able to handle. So reminding ourselves of that, like when we get into some rooms, I know I hear stories of people. um, I was telling my friend about this recent thing that I was in and I was like, yeah, it was so exciting to get to read with him and blah, blah, blah. And then she was like, Oh my God, I would have felt like I didn't deserve to be there. And I said, she was like, did you feel like that? And I said, no, I didn't feel like that. I 100% felt like I was ready to be there. I fucking deserved to be there. I worked my ass off to be there. Yes. And I was fucking great. Mm-hmm. And he told me I was great. And I know <laughs> I was great. So at the end of the day, I'm like, no, I think we have to own it and step into our power. Mm-hmm. We need to own it all and step into our power. And it takes me a minute once mm-hmm. I remind myself. But sometimes I wake up feeling like I'm just a normal ass girl. I got to brush my teeth, you mm-hmm. know. So I don't know if I'm really that deserving. And then I have my moment where I re- look back on all the things I've done when I've done background and I've done the student films, I've done everything. I've done the workshops, I've done the classes, like, and I'm still doing those things. Like mm-hmm. it didn't just end, it's just different now. Yeah. Now it's like, I have a publicist and there's certain people I have to meet. And I have to go on different interviews and mm-hmm. you know, it's just different. Um, hustle never stops. Yeah. And in fact, it's just more expensive, believe it or not. Publicists are expensive as shit. <laughs> so, you know, it, yes. it doesn't stop. I love it. Yeah. I'm so going to write that down and put that on my bathroom mirror. I'm yeah. going to start saying that every morning. I that is it. beautiful. Yeah. It really, it's, there are three really great words. Yes. Um, 
Well, one thing I was going to say, so I had this experience on the show that I, uh, I'm on and we show outside of Dallas and Ooh, love uh, that. yeah, and it's, uh, and, and I, I had never had this experience, um, of being a series regular until on this, this last four of the first season that we, the sh- we sh- first shot because awesome. for the first part of the season, um, which we, we shot four episodes last November, the scripts were written before they met us and cast us. Mm. And so I had the experience of just being a recurring guest on a show or something, right? We're all getting to know each other, blah, blah, blah. Right. But there was a big um, uh, time gap between the first four and the last four of season one. And so coming back this July and working together to finish the first season, they had written all the scripts after having worked with us and and Ah. after all the audience feedback and things like that. So, you know, if you were working and if they were what they had provided to you, they knew you could handle, they even wrote in your voice a little bit and whatever. So it was, and, and we all knew each other. So coming together, we, we didn't have to get through that getting to know each other phase. We could just get right to the storytelling. And it was so fun to be in a position where everything, the big sets, the background and all these things um, were just kind of the play set for us to focus only on storytelling. There was no other considerations, no other like sensitivities or is this going to be good enough? Are they going to like this? Whatever. Right. It was just how do we tell this story and collaborate together? Um, and it was funny because uh, I had this experience where, of course, I did all my work. I mean, I'm a fanatic with the work. Um, but, you know, I, they would pick me up take me to set. Mm-hmm. They put some stuff oh, on me. Oh, you're fancy. You got them to pick you up. Yeah. And then, <laughs> I love and, that contract. <laughs> and then like on, and then I would have conversations and then I'd have more conversations. And then at a certain point they'd be like, okay, you can go back to your hotel now. And I'm like, okay. And then like come back tomorrow and have more conversations. Yeah. And the fact that it just feels like you're just hanging out. Yeah. And then like the fact that someone's going to watch all that and be like, wow, the story, blah, blah, blah. And all this stuff is really remarkable right. because, and that's part of how, I think it's, it was for me, it was the, you are enough moment, or it was the, the kind of like, I am capable, I am deserving, deserving, I'm worthy, all that. It's like, well, we're all just human beings having an experience living in our own life stories. In this case, I'm just in this story and I'm having the conversations and because I've done the work, I can have the conversation and I can, I can, I can accomplish with this conversation what I need to have. But all the other considerations that give us so much drama and anxiety and all that kind of stuff, it's just, to me, it was like, wow. You know, this was effortless. And I, of, of course, I have these conversations all day, every day, just not wearing this stuff and yeah. just not in this story context. Yes. You know, exactly. And, and that gave me a sense of like, how could I not be worthy? I'm just talking to someone. You know what I mean? Yes. I, I also noticed too, um, when it happens, it's easy. It is that effortless thing, right? Like even with how everything was happening with Legend Master, I was just kind of like going through and like not really realizing. Like none of it was hard. Mm-hmm. I just like learned my shit and then time. you show and then yeah. you do it. And then with Stargirl as well, like, yeah, I was like in not a really good like mental place, but I was in a place of like, cool, I'm just going to show up and I'm going to like do it and hopefully they like it. And if mm-hmm. they don't, cool. Like it was very like effortless. And I just went in and did my thing. And I noticed that when things are effortless, like when they don't have to take so much like prying is when things inevitably are so great and feel great. And they just like so organic, you know, mm-hmm. and your acting can be so organic. And also, I mean, same thing because with Stargirl, because I went in and was just like doing my own thing because it wasn't written yet. Then they were able to write the whole character of the series, how I talk and how I am. And like, shit, you not, there's an episode in Stargirl where I was on my way to set no one picked me up. I drove myself. <laughs> it's fine. Season um, two. No, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That. 
I drove myself, but I was listening to Hamilton um, on the way because I love musical theater. Um, and I was dancing in my car and I'm getting it and I'm like, do, 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 do. Yeah, I'm like living my best life. And one of the writers was in the car next to me at the light and I didn't see her. Because <laughs> I mean, him, I was just like in it. Right. And I'm like, OK, cool. And so we get to set and he's like, oh, my gosh, I saw you in your car you were like dancing and singing it was so great like you didn't even notice me i was in the car right next to you at the light and i was like oh my like instantly so embarrassed because i'm like because when you're in your car you feel like you're in a bubble uh-huh. like you feel no like one no one can, can see, see you. you but they absolutely can i'm like oh my gosh that's so crazy i don't know what to do and that that day um i had a scene at the end of the day and it was like long i can't even explain to the scene but basically i was doing something in the bathroom right and they complete, then he comes to me, like um, our showrunner and him come to me like hours into the day after we'd done the first scene, we're like moving on. He's like, so that scene that you're going to do, you're actually going to sing and dance in that scene <laughs> yes. in the bathroom. We just changed the whole thing. So that's what, you're, that's what you're doing. And I'm like, what? He's like, no, you were so great. It was so good. And he like wrote it in. Oh my God. <laughs> so like now in that scene, you'll see me singing and dancing, living my best life. And he's like, I want to just feel like you're in this musical. Like you just feel like you're in it. Uh-huh. And I was like, okay. So I like grabbed a toothbrush in the bathroom and I'm just like doing the whole thing. And I mean, it was so, it was really fun. I was embarrassed too. Cause like when you finish every, the cruise, they're like, it's good. So they're like laughing and they're like, oh, Angelica, it was so funny. It was so great. But you feel like an idiot, you know? But I was like, I'm just going to go for it. Yes. Honestly, go for it. So that's why I'm also like, gotta be careful sometimes because the, how you live your life, when people see it, they will write that in. When you're, yeah. when you're on a show and it is like available to do so, they're like, oh, we're just going to do that. And so now I know I'm like, so all of you, <laughs> all of you who do lots of drugs at parties, be careful who's watching. It's gonna be in the storyline. <laughs> Literally, Literally. You better be able to act like you're on it. <laughs> right. Also, I'm like, I can't sing. You know that. <laughs> like, I just was in the car belting, but like, oh I don't God. sing. They're like, no, that makes it funnier. Yeah. I'm like, great. Yeah. So yeah, amazing. Oh, I love it. Um. So what? I mean, you were saying, you know, everything just kind of happens. You just have to have faith, and you don't know, but. What is your plan for what comes next? Like you have a film, you start shooting tomorrow. Yeah. Um, in the past, like you've directed, you've directed a comedy sketch we did. You yeah. produced a short film that you mm-hmm. were the star of. Yeah. Um, you've done a little writing. Like what do you want for next short-term goals and then like long-term goal? I love that. I feel like this is what me and you talk about when we hang out. <laughs> this is um, very true. <laughs> we're like in a work session, short-term, long-term. Um that's so great. You know, um, I think I really hope tall girl gets a sequel. I would love that. Um, I really hope star girl gets season two. I would also love that. Uh, and I would love to have both God, if you can hear me, Um, that'd be really great. Um, but you know, I want to take, if I'm available because, Mm -hmm. because I don't know, those things are just so up in the air right now, like for next year. Um, I don't know what my schedule, I don't know what I'm doing, but I would like to take some directing courses at UCLA Extensions. That's something I've, I think we've talked about this. I've been wanting to do that for like two years now and I haven't done it. And I've done like those little like online classes that you just like see that like is taught by some random kid who like got his degree at New York Film School, but like now decided to make this online class. I don't know. So I've done those and those are great. And I've learned a lot actually. Um, But I would like to sit physically in a class with a teacher and like, I just work better that way. Mm-hmm. Um, so directing is something I really want to do really. Um, God, I would love 
you know what? I really want to lead a feature film. I really believe I could do it. I do. Of um, course you can. Absolutely. Hell yeah. Thank you. But I've, I've just most recently been, been feeling that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and then after I read with that actor who I was talking about, I felt really confident and I was like, oh, I could absolutely do this like a hundred percent. Like I might feel sometimes like, oh, I don't know, but like, I really do know. And even with uh, Moxie, um, I originally auditioned for the lead role. I didn't book mm-hmm. that role. I booked a different supporting role, but it's fine because I was handpicked by Amy Poehler. So it's yes. fine. <laughs> and you did get a callback in the room. I your did. First time the first around. time. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. For the other role. Um, and so it's great. But I can say that I definitely like that's inspiring, like seeing Amy direct. Like, I really want to do that. I really want to lead a feature film. I really want to do like a mini series of some sort. So I did do the Facebook series. Um, yes, I know. Yes. I was like, we did talk about that, but that's great too. Mm-hmm. Um, but that will be out in February, 2020. So I'm, I guess for Facebook on a Facebook series as well. Mm-hmm. Um, although like it literally nothing's been announced. So I don't know. I guess I can't say anything, but that, but that's happening yeah. or that happened. It's done. It's mm-hmm. done. And so I do feel like I've done a lot in this hiatus. I really want to take advantage of my hiatuses. That's really what I want to do. Um, like I did the Facebook series since I've been back. Um, and now I'm doing Moxie. Um, and I really want to do yoga teacher training, <laughs> like something like that. <laughs> no, you're free time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> in free time. And like, I love doing that. And that's something that I would love to do just as a skill. Like I want to learn more skills. Amazing. I think, um, outside of like acting and directing, I want to like focus on building a life, mm-hmm. like a mm-hmm. life outside of this business. Um, which is something I never focused on before because all it has been is this business. And I started to realize like, I don't have a hobby that isn't surrounded by this. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, even if I love going to the movies, yeah, but at the end of the day, I'm still like taking notes and like, you know, clocking things. And well, the way you allocate your time now in this phase of your career, it gets to shift from where it was before. hundred percent. The hustles completely change. That's one thing I definitely learned is, um, to just like relax. Like you were saying, like, how is it like my short-term and long-term goals? I just want to like breathe and, um, which I'm doing, but, but I want to like, um, I'm trying to figure out how to word it. I want to, um, just rest in the fact that like, Everything that belongs to me belongs to me and nothing's going to pass me by. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Like totally. I lived all my years in LA up to this point feeling so stressed all the time mm-hmm. and just feeling like if I didn't get in for this audition, if I didn't do a drop off or if I didn't send postcards, or if I didn't have my agent pitch or if I didn't do all these things, like it was never going to happen. Mm-hmm. And like maybe it would have happened if I didn't probably not. Um, you should still do all those things. <laughs> you should still work. You should still do those things. Um, but I think now just trusting my team. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Trusting that my team's got my back. Trusting that my team is pitching me for every role. Mm-hmm. Trusting that my team is on it. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm really like settling into that trust and really just trusting them, knowing that they, they got me, you know, every time. And even for Moxie, that first role that I, I ran that audition with Lauren actually, um, I, that was originally a self tape. And I said, I called my manager and was like, Hey, are they seeing people for this? I could slay this shit. Like, but they need to see me slay it. Yeah. Like I could slay this on a tape, but I could really fuck shit up if I go in. And he was like, Oh yeah. And my team knows me now. So like, they know if I'm asking for something like that, I'm very serious about it. And they basically are going to do everything they can to make it happen. Because nine times out of 10, anytime I've ever done that, I booked it. Like it's a knowing it's an internal spiritual thing that I feel where I'm like, 
I can do this. And then I didn't end up booking that role. And I was like, oh, well, <laughs> oh, well, here's that. But then weeks later, Amy Poehler calls and is like, I have this role in the same film, but Angelica would be perfect for it. Which is like, what the fuck is that? Incredible. What? Oh my God. How does that even happen? Yeah. Right? And then she texts me, which was even more Amy crazy. Amy Poehler texted you. Yes. Oh. She did. And I was like, hey, Angelica, Amy Poehler here. I'd love to chat. Anytime, let me know when you're free. And I was like, I'm free now. Like, I'm free anytime. Um, yeah, that was crazy. Oh my God. And so just- I just was like, what kind of like life is it that I'm like living now, you know, and trying to just like receive that and not block it away because I feel like I don't deserve it. Like receive it and just be like, yep, I'm ready. I'm ready. Mm -hmm. I want it. I want it all. Keep it coming. Yeah. Keep it coming. But my long-term goals, um, would be, I really want to take those classes at UCLA acting still my, my priority. So I do want to direct for sure. So that's a long-term goal for me, but I'm not in a rush. So that's a long-term goal. Um, I really want to lead a feature film that feels like a short-term goal. Okay, that- so let me ask you about that. Yeah. So what's the story? What's the what's the dream uh, storyline? Yeah. What, is it past, present, future? Is it is it uh, you know what kind of character would you want to play? Like, yeah. You know, and the reason why I ask not only just because I'm curious, but you know, I've I've been working with so many writers for the last couple of years. We've done something like 66 table reads of Writers Guild and Blacklist and Coverfly and all these different professional writing groups and all that stuff. So we're constantly coming across really great, cutting edge, high quality material. I love that. And so who knows? Maybe we've already read a script that would be like an amazing vehicle for you. Yeah. I just don't know. because So what would be the dream role? So now I'm like thinking, choose my words wisely. No pressure. You can tell me later too, but yeah. Um. I haven't actually done anything like I haven't done like drama per se um, really since the legend of master legend. Mm -hmm. Like I booked that and then I kind of just everything started getting funnier from there. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, And like I got to play some badass characters on those who can't, which is a comedy um, on TV. It's so great. Not all people watch it, but it's great. And I got to play a really awesome character on that. That was so fun. But other than that, everything, and that's still comedy, but like, obviously I was not like, that was the joke of it. Um, But like now with Amy Poehler, it's comedy, Um, which Lauren, sorry, sidebar. (laughs) I think I said that to you when I was going in for the audition. I was like, I would really love Amy to see me do comedy. Yes. And I, cause it was the, the lead role of this film is like, a huge activist, like she's a boss ass bitch, mm-hmm. and which I am also that. But I literally remember telling Lauren, like, this is so great, but I really wish Amy could see me do comedy. Mm-hmm. And so then when she called about the other role, and then I went to see her for like the session, um, I just got to put up the scenes. And it's comedy, and it's the only comedic character in the film. <laughs> and I'm just kind of like, how did Amy even see? Oh, me well, for I didn't that? realize like, how did that. She, yeah, yeah. I don't even know how she kind of. Well, the film is a comedy, but mm-hmm. like a young adult Netflix comedy, so it's not like like that in your face. Mm-hmm. But um, so my character is though, and I was like, how did she even see me for that? I don't even know. Maybe I manifested that just because I said I really wish Amy Poehler could see me do comedy Incredible. because I am great at comedy. Well, let me. Like now I feel like shit for saying that. <laughs> I try really hard. I didn't used to be good. I took a lot of classes, mm-hmm. a lot of comedy classes to like hone some crap. Yeah. Um, and I make bold choices. So, I mean, I think that has a lot to do with it too. So you want to do something dramatic. I do. Yeah. I want something dramatic. I'm looking at a script mm-hmm. right now that I'll send you that you, you might find is like awesome. Okay. Please yeah. do. I want to do something dramatic. I feel like I am 
really have it in me, guys. I'm yes. like, people haven't really been able to see me do it. But I feel like Cynthia Revo is my spirit animal, okay? Like, she is my spirit actor woman, and she is so amazing. And she just is Harriet, if you haven't seen Harriet. Uh-huh. Um, she's going to win an Oscar. She's going to be an EGA. I just know it. Incredible. I feel it. And then she's phenomenal. And black people usually also always win Oscars when we're playing slaves. So there's that. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the actress that actually played this, ro- that read this role for the table read was Aaliyah Royale. They pl- uh, read for this. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, she she's the one who read this part that I'm thinking of you for this script. Oh, my gosh. Amazing. So it'd be so fun. Okay. So here's another, like, uh, like one of the main questions that I have for you, um, which is, uh, you've been through this journey from background to lead yeah. and series regular and all that. So uh, what, and I just absolutely am so grateful and love that we were able to reconnect and I was able to hear you speak because I am so impressed and so excited for you and proud of, you know, whatever you've been able to Thank achieve so you. far. And I can't wait to watch you just grow and from here. And so, but what information uh, would you like people to hear that you think could help them sustain themselves through this, this journey? Because uh, you're the perfect example of somebody who's grinded it out and worked their ass off and invested in their career and 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 you know had you know issues around just keeping their um, enthusiasm up or their, yeah. their devotion or passion up through all the adversity things like that. Right. Um, and so you know what would you what do you think people need to hear? Um, a few things. First of all, you are worthy, deserving, and capable. <laughs> um, but secondly, wow, community is everything. Mm. I think if I've learned anything, it's the people that I surround myself with will absolutely be the reason you fail or succeed. I mean, I feel like when I was doing background, because I was new here, I didn't have friends in L.A. So the friends I made were people I met on set doing background. I'm only friends with like two of those people now because so many of them were so negative and it's really negative. It is easy to be negative when you are being when you're feeling unseen. Right. Or Mm -hmm. when or like not heard or whatever it might be. And so I but and I was actually fallen into the trap where I was very negative. And then one of the friends who I'm still friends with, she actually called me out and was like, you're really negative and like you need to stop. And I was like, what? But it was different because she is not an actor. She was just doing background for the money. And now she works at a school and she's a teacher. But um, she it was easy. I'm like, that's easy for you to say. You don't even want to do this. Like, you don't even want this, (laughs) you know? Like I'm the one who wants it. (laughs) And so, um, but she called me out and she gave me um, this book called the magic by Rhonda Byrne, who wrote also the secret that book changed my life. It started, I didn't, I didn't even know what gratitude was till I read that book. Um, so then I realized, Oh, all these negative ass people that I'm around are just pouring their negativity into me and I'm eating it up and now I'm walking around negative. So I need to start finding positive people that I like to hang out with and figure that out. So, I mean, just in different acting classes and things like that, most of my friends now, my current friends, like my my current friend group is from the acting program Lauren and I did. Mm -hmm. Like 90%, I'd say, like, which is a really high percent. Which program was that? It was Career Activate. Mm -hmm. Um, Changed my life 100%. Mm -hmm. Um, And I still tell people about it and whatever. I know Jonah, she's a dear friend. Yes, it's not for everyone. Mm -hmm. But it was for me. And I'm really grateful to Jonah that she did that. And I'm grateful. I mean, it's a very expensive program. But um, at the end of the at the end of once when I think about everything I've gained from then, if I would have had no success in acting, if I would have never booked anything, just the friends I've gained, it's priceless. Mm-hmm. Priceless. Just 
by the people that I've surrounded myself with and how it's changed my life. In that well, because, you know, in even that financial barrier, right? Like you, you don't commit to something like that unless you're really serious about what you want to do. Yes. So you're surrounding yourself with people that have to make this yeah. work. Otherwise, yes. it's not worth it. To Everyone do. in yeah. it has that same yes. drive and passion mm-hmm. and like desire to do it together. Right. And even to find yourself in that program, you've had to go through something that made you say, all right, I don't know what else to do. I'm willing to spend this amount of money mm-hmm. because I have nothing else to lose. Mm-hmm. I, I literally have mm-hmm. no other option. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. And so it's, so then there's a very, um, community thing, but community, uh, is everything believing in yourself. And also, um, I think if I could have gone back and told myself some things, I'd probably like tell myself, like, you're going to be okay. Mm-hmm. Like you're going to be okay. Even when you think you're fucking not like you're going to be okay. Mm -hmm. And also like what I was trying to say earlier or what I was starting to say earlier is like build a life for yourself. Mm -hmm. I wish I kind of would have gone back. I mean, not gone back. If I were to go, I'm not, I'm grateful. I'm happy where I'm at. I'm only looking forward. But, um, I I think now in my present tense, I just, I'm, I'm noticing now I really want to build a life for myself more than just this industry. And Mm -hmm. I would probably tell people build a life. There's this quote I saw on, um, or this meme I saw on Instagram and it said, don't get so busy. Um, don't get so busy building a career that you forget to build a life. Mm -hmm. And that really hit me because I was like, oh my God, I've been spending all these years, all this time only focused on that. And you know, I had a, um, there was this workshop that I was going to take because now I'm getting into voiceover. That's something I really want to do too. Um, and I took Elaine Craig's workshop, which Mm -hmm. was great. And I was going to take the next one and it was like $500 for like a one day thing. Mm -hmm. But my best friend who's now in the Navy, who I grew up with from childhood, he's in the Navy only had one week off the rest of the year in Seattle. Does he just, cause he's, he was recently deployed. So now he's back and I haven't seen him in a really long time. And I was like, well, I could take this workshop. She doesn't have any more workshops the rest of this year, or I can go see my best friend who only has this one weekend off the rest of the year. I'm going to go see my friend Good mm-hmm. for because you. this is so much more important than this fucking workshop. Mm-hmm. You know, this, it will be there when I get back. Yeah. Voiceover is not going anywhere, mm-hmm. but my friendship with him and like, I've known, I call him, he's like my boo daddy. He's my, my, my best friend. He's going to be the man of honor in my wedding and, and whoever, whatever man he decides to marry too, you know? So that to me matters so much more than a fucking workshop Mm -hmm. or even than a voiceover job. Even if I would have booked, honestly, I literally was like, if I were to book a job, I would have been like booked out that weekend. Like literally I'm not available because that matters more. So I think, um, taking time for yourself, your family, your friends, being there for the people in your life. Like I'm committed right now. Like the next two weekends, I'm not available because I have two nephews who are born kind of back to back and I have to go to their birthday parties. People are like, what are you doing this weekend? I'm like, I'm going out of town. I'm going to my nephew's birthday parties. I'm committed because seeing my nephews grow up is more important than like that really cool event at Cosmo, which mm-hmm. is cool, you know, but I, my nephew only turns three once. Mm-hmm. Right. And I know that in the future, in my career, I'm legit not going to be available or will legit not be in town, like not Mm -hmm. in the state, you know, so I won't be able to get there. And so I'm like, so I want to be there as much as I can while I'm available. And so, yeah, I don't get to go to that cool event. My publicist invited me to, but I'm sorry, there will be more more events like I my nephew matters more. So that to me is a part of building a life. And I I mean, maybe that's different for everyone. Right. Well, it's hard to just, you know, building life. What you're saying also to me is 
just have other things going on that fulfill you besides just acting, mm-hmm. you exactly know, it. like you know, whether it's building a life or just having other things that enrich your life. And, yeah. you know, I've gotten really heavily involved in volunteering for our union over the last like four years, especially right. the last two and a half years, which has been such a huge part, like 20 plus hours a week. I'm like doing different wow. things. Amazing. And it's been that way for a couple of years now. Um, and it has completely transformed my life. It's given me community in ways yeah. that I never had before. I'm interacting with people that I never thought I would ever meet that I saw watching in movies and TV shows growing up that are now like, I was talking to Patricia Richardson on the phone before you got here. And wow. I watched every episode of Home Improvement growing up with my family. And now we're working together for the LA local and wow. you know, all that stuff. And it's just, so it's been so inspiring to have other things in my life besides just the pursuit of this work. A hundred percent. You know? Yeah. So that's, I think that is so important. Absolutely. And I'm getting back. I've been volunteering for the children's hospital over the last four years. Mm -hmm. I was the host that, I mean, I haven't done it this year, but I'm getting back. This is my first month back. Um, But I've hosted weekly events there for four years. Like I've been doing that for four years. And so now I've been finding other areas in my life in which matter to me, which now has been like equality.org. I really love working with them because my passion for giving back has almost also turned into activism. And so- Mm -hmm. I, that, those things that are important to me, you know? So like reminding myself that I can do those things too. Like those don't, those don't stop Mm -hmm. because I'm an actor, you know, if anything, they should keep going because if anything, at the end of the day, it, I don't necessarily think I have a platform yet, but like maybe a smaller, whatever, we all look at ourselves differently. But I think what I want to do and build with my platform is to always be like a person for the people, you know, Mm -hmm. and someone who I want people to always remember that about me. Like, oh, she fucking not only cared about herself, but she cared about others. Like, you know, like we're all in danger of of ending up with the platform. (laughs) So be be ready. Right. Yeah. Be ready for knowing. And I hope that when that time comes, right. Like, Mm -hmm. and there's so many actors that we can look up to. Like I look at the things that Yara Shahidi's doing, and she's like barely 18 and she is doing phenomenal things with her platform. And like, even like things I've seen that Gina Rodriguez has done over the years and, you know, just so many people mm-hmm. that I'm like, see, that's the type of shit, you know, but I even- think that's also why we want to see that people deserve their success and are nice mm-hmm. because they have a platform and we want them to right. be good influences on the world and the community, not Absolutely. negative ones. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you're already doing that, like with, Instagram, you're constant. Like, I think I keep up with the news relatively well and mm-hmm. uh, you do. what's going on, but you are constantly sharing new articles, new petitions, new things that I'm like, wow, I wasn't aware this was happening. And yeah. you already are using your platform to better society. So it's like, clearly that's only going to grow. And I think that's so amazing. Yeah. Thank you. I tried. <laughs> you know, one of the things you said that made me think of about, you know, surrounding yourself with great people. A guy that I met this last couple of years, a guy named Matt Keener, um, and he's a you know a writer and a, a like a story doctor and professional and stuff. And he called something that I've I've started using myself the struggle community echo chamber. The struggle community echo chamber that you get around people that are struggling and they all share that negativity amongst each other in like this echo chamber of negativity and it just drags people down. And then if you have a win or if you have an inspiring moment or you when you get out of that mentality and then you go back to that community that's trading all this negativity can suck you right back into that negativity. It's this 
you know, and, and it, that's the kind of community where people are afraid to share their successes because they don't want other people to feel bad about themselves because nobody can celebrate anybody else's success because it means as a reminder of where I'm not and everything is just jealousy and envy and coveting and it shouldn't be this hard and blah, blah, there's all, it's, right. you know, it, there's all this negativity and we have to get outside of that because yeah. you are what you eat. Whoever you surround yourself with is going to become part of who you are. Thousand percent. And then another thing that that makes me think of, there's a, there's a phrase that's really cheese ball when I say it, but I've started to incorporate it this last couple of years of called like being the fire. And what I mean by that is it feels like in LA. And since I think we've all been in that journey is that, you know, you come here from all over the world. Very few of us are actually from here. Right. So you come here from all over the world and it's kind of like you're, you're alone and cold in the wilderness, like trudging through the snow, through this dark forest, like trying to find your way to a career somewhere. Mm -hmm. And what ends up happening is, <laughs> but what ends up happening is like, you know, if you imagine all these cold shuddering people, like you know, all separated from each other, just trying to find their way in this cold, lonely wilderness. And then you see a fire in the distance. Where's everybody going to aggregate? Everyone's mm. going to go to the fire to get right. warmth. And then once you're warming yourself by the fire, you can say, oh, hey, like, why don't you and I start building a shelter? And why don't you get some like food? And why don't we? And you start organizing with people when they have the shelter of a fire and you can build a whole city around one source of fire. Wow. So we can all that. be that fire. You as an individual can be that bonfire, that fire in the cold that just takes care of those around you and gives them a chance to breathe and 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 you know, collaborate and coordinate. And suddenly you've got this thriving community of people that are taking care of each other. But every one of us has the opportunity to be that fire right. in the cold. That's so good. What a beautiful, like, that's visual so good. analogy. Yeah, yes. I love yeah. I so love even though it's that. kind of a cheesy thing to say, be the fire, but to me, it means something very deep. Totally. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I love that. Mm -hmm. I love that. And absolutely, fuck yeah, be the fire. Mm -hmm. That makes me want to walk around like, be the fire, I'm the fire. <laughs> be yes, the you're fire. the fire, we're that's the fire. Right. That's right. Yes, yes. Oh, that's so beautiful. Thank you for that. Yeah, yeah. thank you. And I used to feel like, um, I used to tell my mom when she would, my mom, my mom was a discrimination investigator growing up. My dad was a peace officer. So I grew up with a criminal justice background, which is like, no wonder I'm like such an activist, right? Yes. Um, and uh, my parents actually met volunteering at a voter registration booth. So it's in That's my blood. Incredible. It's in my blood. <laughs> uh, and so I used to explain to my mom when I was doing background, like, mom, I feel like I'm at Six Flags and I'm in line for a ride, but I'm not allowed to get on it. Mm. Like I'm just waiting there. And sometimes I'm moving up mm. in the line and then sometimes they just let people in the fast lane go in front of you and you just have to wait. Oof. So I feel like that's what it felt like for me and watching. And I was like, and all I can do is sit and watch everyone else live their dream yeah. and have the best time on this ride. And my mom, that was like the only way to get her to be like, I get it. Um, and I was like, that's how I feel. And so now being the person I think who's on the ride, because I feel like I'm on, I absolutely mm -hmm. am on the ride. I'm yeah. fucking on it. And it's great. Yeah. It is so great. And I'm so grateful. Um, I feel like to those people who feel like they're in line and they just can't get in the fast lane and they're stuck in this line, keep standing in the line. <laughs> Literally keep standing. Because I, there were so many moments where I felt like, I just want to leave this line because it's too long. Mm -hmm. You know, because we do that, mm -hmm. right? We're like, this line's too long. I'm just going to go and maybe I'll come back. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of times you don't come back. And you'll leave that line and be like, I'm just, I found this other ride. I'm just going to do that. I'm going to whatever, you know? So like, if it feels like it's too long, 
and you really, really want it, like keep standing in the line because eventually you have to get to the front. Mm -hmm. It has to be your turn. Yeah. Eventually. Yeah. So I literally kept holding on to that visualization in my, to my, with myself, with being like, well, if I keep standing in the line, eventually it's my turn. Eventually mm-hmm. it's my turn. And eventually it was my fucking turn. Cause it has, it's, it's statistics. It's also math. Like it just has to be your turn eventually. And like the ride's never going to, Hollywood's not going anywhere. It's a ride's not going to break down. You know what I mean? Like some rides do, but this one is not, it's always going. It's constantly going. Well, when the one thing I'll say to that, that I think is empowering from the opposite direction. Yeah. Is that you don't have to go on this ride. Yeah. You know, if you're in the line, it's because you really, you're, you're, you're willing to do the wait. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And nobody's forcing you to be in that line. Nobody at home, who, no, like, don't worry what anybody else is going to think about you or say about you right. or whatever it is. Maybe you're scared of rides and you're only on this because like, it was just, you know, somebody forced you into it or it was something yep. that just felt like the next thing to do. Or you've, you've already spent so much time in this line that like to leave now, it's like, even though you're not happy, it's like, well, I've already waited for four hours mm-hmm. or like, no, like if it, you, if you, if you are a ride thrill seeker, if you, yeah. are, if you, then you, that's where you belong. Yeah. You belong in line. Otherwise be get the fuck out of line. Cause there's other people who want to be in that line. Absolutely. That's a great point too. <laughs> a lot of actor friends who I've had, I noticed, and I was contemplating this too, as I was telling you earlier, like sometimes thinking like, maybe I'm done with acting. Like mm-hmm. maybe that's it. That's so okay. I was going to say, that's fine. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with being like, actually, maybe this isn't for me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Pure, that's how I was when I went to college. I felt, and and not anymore, actually, up until right now in my life, I think I've always um, looked back at the past, and I can say that I'm, that for the maybe the first time, I'm more excited about looking to the future than looking back at the past, which is really, for me, it's a big deal. Yeah. Because I think you're raised in, um, like, I'm a black woman, so I'm raised to be like, you have to become an educated black woman. Mm-hmm. You have to. Like, in my family, it was just like, not negotiable. Mm -hmm. Like you have to, because if you don't, you literally won't succeed at anything else. There are going to be way too many things against you. And the one thing you can always say is I have my degree. I have this, like I've done that. And so I've really felt for a long time, I failed my parents or like failed my family because I decided it wasn't for me. Like, it's not for me. Then I come to LA and I'm on this struggle bus and they're just looking at me like, girl, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> and I just knew though, because I wanted to be in the line, mm-hmm. right? Like no one was forcing me to be there. I wanted it. I wanted to be in that line. And so, but at any moment, if I would always tell myself at any moment, I don't want this. I don't have to be here. You don't have to be here. You don't have to be paying crazy amounts of money for rent to live in LA when you could live in Nebraska for $400 and have a house. Like there's no, no one, you don't have to be here, you know? Um, and, and there's so, an aspect to it too, where people talk about how hard dating in LA is, uh, yeah. or we hear about like how much relationships really struggle, you know, yeah. in this business. And I'm like, well, what do you expect from a town where people have sacrificed everything for an attempt to live the most full, fulfilling life they could possibly mm-hmm. dream of? Yeah. This is not a crowd that settles. This is not a crowd that is like, oh, I'm going to settle for so second good. best. 
This is like a crowd that came here to be number one on the call sheet. And yes. everything is about getting there. And if you're either part of that or you're not part of that, you're either helping me with that or you're in my way. Yes. And there's a part of that that's dangerous because then you can treat people as disposable or not see how mm. uniquely important and valuable every person is. And that actually having a really stable, loving, committed relationship can give you such a foundation to build a life on so that at least you've got that stability in your life. Mm. But it's not easy for many of us to like think it th of it that way because right. in the rest of our life we've already put it all on the line yes yeah. and like actors who i've met who are like but i'm just like i'm in my 30s now i want to get married i want to have kids i'm like so why don't you do that why don't where is this going like yeah. no one says you can't you know and what's a, such a beautiful story um a woman who plays my mom on star girl her name is karen moore and she has she was an actor growing up and, you know, in her younger life. And then she had gotten married. She has two, I think two teenagers. I could be wrong. Maybe three. I don't remember. Um, but anyways, and then she'd move, moved to Atlanta with her husband and her family. I think for his job, if I'm right, I'm not hundred percent sure. And then was like the, the film industry just kind of like came to Atlanta, just like more and more. And so she was like, oh my gosh, I can do that thing I've always wanted to do. But I, you know, stopped doing because I wanted these other aspects of my life. Yeah. Um, and then she got an agent and has been auditioning and she had booked other things, of course, but she, this is a story she told me cause she plays my mom on the show. And when she was filming star girl, she had booked this huge series called the oval for Tyler Perry on BET. And she plays the first lady who uh, it's called the oval. It's about a presidency. And she plays the first lady on it. It's her first series, regular role. <gasps> being a local hire that she didn't think was possible. Like literally was like, there's no way they, they always go to LA or they always go to New York or wherever. And yeah. The rest of the cast was cast in LA. She's right. But like she was exactly where she was supposed to be doing exactly what she was supposed to be doing. And like, who said you can't have the husband and can't have the kids and can't have the mm -hmm. career. It just may not be in exactly the order in which we think it's supposed to happen or in the timeline in which we think it's supposed to happen. But like now she's in Times Square. Like, you know what I mean? Wow. And she got to go on like all from Good Morning America, like Wendy Williams, all these shows and like mm -hmm. do all these things and live her dream exactly how she wanted to do it. And I just been watching her on social media and I just texted her. I'm like, well, I'm so inspired by you and inspired by your story because she went on Wendy Williams. I watched her interview and Wendy was like, so where'd you come from? And she was like, I've been doing this for years. You just didn't know who I was yeah. because I've been co-starring on all these shows that film in Atlanta because it's not so often that they local hires are going to be series regulars or even auditioning for them period. And so she's like, when I have this, I knew it was mine and I just went for it. And Wendy was like, wow, like you just never hear that. And then she was like, <laughs> but in the acting world, you know, and so it is so inspiring, too, because she probably I mean, I don't know exactly what she thought, but in my head, I'm like, she probably thought like, oh, man, I guess I guess that dream. I could put that under the rug. Well, it brings up the, the point that you made, which is kind of like, at what point in your life have you made it? You know what I mean? Like, yes. in other words, 
like what's the threshold like if you're not successful by 22 have you you not made it if you're not successful by 32 by 42 by 52 i mean if we saw somebody who was 60 or 70 who rocked a lead an amazing feature we'd be like that was one of the best actors of all time like she's awesome and successful like who gives a shit at what point in your life you make it if as long as you like get a chance to experience storytelling at that level fuck it like, absolutely yeah and people have asked me that just recently like do you feel like you made it and I'm like, no, what is that even like? And I also wonder, would you, would I even know if I quote unquote got there? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Would I know that? Oh, I think I made it. You yeah. know so what you I have mean? Your next goal. And you're yes. Like, this is because what my goals don't now. ever stop ending. Right. Mm-hmm. Like you have I to just define what that is for, for you. you. Yeah. So well, like, how do you define it? So what is the point that you think once you've gotten to that, you, you can just rest, you know, assure that you've accomplished something really you know, Shit, important because I, I think just making your living as a performer. Mm-hmm. I if you can support say, yourself with your art, I think you, that's that's my definition of success. I was going to say success. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't know about the whole like I've made it mm-hmm. thing. I feel like maybe Ellen. I don't know. <laughs> In my Ellen, head, you I don't it. actually know. In my head, I'm like, oh, you want Ellen? You made it. Um, I don't know. Maybe when I'm on Ellen, I won't feel that way. You know, right. I don't know. Um, but my definition of success changed a lot. Um, you just in this past year, mm-hmm. um, it used to be like my definition of success is like when I have a house and when I am like in a really great sexy man relationship or when I'm, I don't fucking know when I'm making a million dollars, a picture or whatever. And I think this year it changed a lot to be like, well, success for me is like if a family member needs to borrow $200, I can do that. Mm. Mm-hmm. And that might be so simple for a lot of people, but there were moments where like my family maybe needed something and I could, I didn't have it. Like mm-hmm. I just couldn't mm-hmm. success to me is like, I went to target the other day and like, I just bought stuff and didn't sit there and look at the price mm-hmm. before I put it in my cart. Mm-hmm. Small things to me is success. Success to me is like feeling inner peace like that. My, to me, success is like, Right now, I have the most amazing relationship with my mom that I've had in my entire life. Makes me emotional. But, like, that is success for me. Yeah. Like, feeling like I'm whole as a human and not needing, like, a man. I used to do that. I used to put, like, well, guys aren't talking to me. They're not in my DMs. So, like, I guess I'm not cute. I feel fucking bomb. Like, good. Yeah. I maybe gain 10 pounds and my booty's sitting right. <laughs> and I eat my fries and I'm happy. And I've gained happy weight and I'm like living my dream. And that's success to me. Like, little things. It doesn't have to. I still live in the same apartment. I did before I booked all these things. I'm in the same place, the same bedroom, the same bathroom. Like, I'm in the same thing with my cousin living, right? <laughs> like, I'm in the same place. I didn't like have this new home or whatever. And like, yes, of course I want that. I want to own property. That's a dream. That's also an investment idea like that. I really want, but that doesn't define whether I'm successful or not. You know, like I feel successful right now. And to be even honest, I can even say last year when I was feeling really discouraged, my mom and my dad were really, really there for me in a, in a, in a way that they haven't been before because I don't think they ever knew, but now both of my parents are retired. So they just had more time to spend with me. Like when I'm feeling really bad after an audition, I could call and just talk. And like that was success to me, you know, like my parents being there and supporting me, not in the way that I thought I had to do. Sorry. Uh, No, no. that's so beautiful. This is why I was so excited you could be our first guest (laughs) because. That was success to me for sure. Like it doesn't have to be this huge thing. 
Um, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's like, just oh, yeah, so inspiring. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, that's a good note, actually. Mm-hmm. You know, um, that's a good note to to kind of. Do you have any other kind of thoughts or questions? I mean, I I'm have a my final. Now that we got her in tears, <laughs> I want to wrap this up with a fun, rapid fire question. Okay. There we go. This I'm is ready. good. I'm, I'm cool. ready. I'm excited. <laughs> Amazing. Okay, ready. So, you can hop on a plane right now and go anywhere in the world. Where Please. are you going? Ooh. Okay. Wintering specifically. I've been there before, but it's the best place on earth. Amazing. Great. Uh, best Halloween costume you've ever dressed up as? Ninja Turtle. Mm. Which one? Uh, ooh, the green one. I don't know. <laughs> they're, they're all green. green. <laughs> no, there's like, well, yes, they're green, but there's the one that has like the blue, oh, they, the, the red, stripes. Yeah. the stripes. The, I was the green one. <laughs> the one that had the green belt. And the, any Ninja Turtle fans out there will know. Yeah. Um, if you can have a magic power, what would it be? Oh, power to heal. What's nice. your spirit animal? Is that so? When people say that, is that a human or is it's that whatever like whatever you define? Or is it, it like an actual animal? I mean, mine's it's a gremlin. An so. Animal? It might be like a koala bear because it's like no, a panda bear. Panda bear. They sleep and eat. It's fat and happy. It's great, <laughs> and no one judges them. They just like and they're cute. Yeah. They're just like yeah. cuddly. Um, a panda bear. If it's a real, like if it's a human right now, this will probably change tomorrow. But it's Cynthia Erivo. Just obsessed with her. She's amazing. Like, even her style. I need her stylist. <laughs> so good. Call her up. Yeah. I'm sure she'd be happy to work with you. Um, what is, if you had to eat one meal the rest of your life, every meal of the day, what would it be? French fries. <laughs> From anywhere in particular? Wingstop. Okay. Cajun awesome. fries. Yum. Ranch. There has to be ranch, though. If there's not ranch, I can't do it. Obviously. Okay. You bring three things to a desert island. What are they? Oh, a desert island. Okay, so there's no Wi-Fi. Um... Oh, there can be Wi-Fi. We can include that. We can. Yeah. Sure. I would bri- bring um, like a, if there's electricity, <laughs> I'd bring an instant pot, right? To cook food. It's so practical. my ass is lazy. <laughs> but I would pick vegetables and stuff, right? <laughs> um, and then I would bring um, a heated blanket if there was electricity. And um, shit. I was gonna like my laptop. That's I'm realizing. Wow, that I'm so of the century. Like I just I'm like can't live without electricity. Can't live without Wi Fi. More than the phone. Laptop more than the phone. I know. I didn't you say my more phone on there. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't say the phone. That's surprising. I should have said that. <laughs> Those are really smart, practical survival things too, though. The heated blanket. Right. I was gonna say like, my passport, but like it's it's stranded. You're so stuck there. So I, no need for yeah. that. Mm-mm. Um. What do you think you were in your past life? Um, I've never really thought about that. I kind of just like live. I, I usually, I, I kind of just believe you only have one life. Mm-hmm. But if I did have a past life, I'd probably say I was a mother. A mother? A mother. Yeah. Like, like a mother who like really, really took care of like mm-hmm. herself and her community. I think that that's like something like a really deep inner part of myself that I don't really focus on. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think I would probably be like a mother. Oh, like that's a, amazing. Yeah. Mother Teresa, maybe. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, if you can spend a day with anyone alive or past, who would it be? Oprah. Mm. 
Oh my God, I want to like go sit and like pick at her garden and like eat her lunch. And I just have talk. no doubt you're going to be hanging out with Oprah one day very soon. Oh, huh? that's a dream. Yeah. I watched recently Oprah and Cynthia Rebo's. They, <laughs> they had lunch at her house and I was like, I want that. Goals. I want to hang out with Oprah all day. Yes. Yeah. All right. Last one. If you could be the star of any TV or movie reboot that hasn't happened yet, what would it be? Wow, that's so good. Mm, a reboot, a reboot, a reboot. God, that's so hard. Uh, okay, the first, it's just going to blurt out the first yeah. one that comes to my mind. The first show that comes to my mind, which changed my life growing up as a teenager, is Degrassi. Oh, yes! Which is still on. But I would only do, like, the, the first, Degrassi, the next generation, like, the first six seasons, like, when Drake was there. Mm-hmm. Like, only all of that. Yeah. Everything past that, I'm sorry for those of you. I don't watch. I don't know. Um, but I would do that. Um, if it was a film. God. <laughs> well, I would say, like, coming to America. But I think that's actually happening. Oh. Or they're making well, maybe a coming they to America, yet, too. So, hey Yeah, I would be coming to America. I would love to play. Yeah. Coming to America. I don't know why that's the first thing that came off the top of my head, I but it, it is. Putting it out there. Yeah, yeah, which I didn't think I, like, why did I say that? But that's all I can think of is coming to Amazing. America. Vanessa Bell Calloway's character. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why. <laughs> I love it. Amazing. Okay, thank you so much. Thank you for much. having me. I'm so glad this, was so this was so much fun. It was fun. so great. Yeah. I got to talk and be real and, and cry. <laughs> love There's it. no judgment. I love Never. it. You got All me right. tearing up, so yeah, no judgment. Where can, where can everybody follow you or find you? Uh, oh, I'm at Angelica W on everything. A-N-J-E-L-I-K-A-W. Awesome. Thank you so much. It was so fun.